RPG for You and Me presents Neon Heat, a duet actual play podcast using the Savage Worlds rule set in our custom cyber fantasy setting. Thank you for joining us, and welcome back to Caldonix. Previously on Neon Heat, Athena has a long and nervous chat with Halarishi, the orange-eyed presence from the warehouse who controls the Siku mods. He helps a few puzzle pieces fall into place, but shakes more out of the box onto the table as well. They're interrupted by the Parasite, who lays out an offer for Athena to switch teams, which she refuses by way of sinking his boat. They retaliate by attempting to sink the barge and their cycles, leaving them stranded on the dark open water, wounding Zadal in the process. The group just barely escapes by hiding underwater, and Athena manages to patch the barge well enough to deliver them, beaten but not broken, back to the city. left Athena and company. They were drifting back on the cobbled-together barge, floating back towards the city of Caldonix after a an unfortunate incident with one parasite. Would you say this encounter was more akin to a great success or a great failure? Big, big L. Mm-hmm. Big fail on that one. So yes, I will grant you conviction for your spur-of-the-moment bravado which backfired in spectacular fashion sure did thanks for making a fun and interesting but very bad choice well you know someone's got to make these bad choices so it might as well be athena yeah in fact it kind of has to be kind of has to be yep one thing i forgot about during the last session with Zadal taking a wound was to roll on the injury table pretty damage so do you like to roll for Zadal? it's 2d6 sure Four. Four arm. The victim can no longer use their left or right arm. You want to roll me another d6? Odd left, even right? Even. So his right arm. You notice that maybe the sleeve of his coat was completely burned away and his right arm got the... Maybe he was using it to shield his face or his eyes and it got the brunt of the blast and is significantly more melted than the other one and is hanging limply at his side as he sits slumped against the wall of the raft or of the the barge. Don't downgrade us to a raft. I mean, mean, functionality maybe. To be fair, yeah. In terms of functionality, that's about where it's at. There's a shot from the barge docks as Athena is talking to a probably put out Livy Ponsa about what they've drugged back, but explaining the situation with wide hand gestures <laughs> as we look on silently from afar. Livy's posture is still, it's a cross between lazy and relaxed, but defensive. So her arms is still crossed. She still has most of her weight on a back foot standing askew. 
as she listens to you. At your mention that one of her employees was nowhere to be found, she looks markedly more concerned, but nods and thinks. And Athena shoulders a lunchbox that she jacked from the cabin that she stuffed the cloak in. (laughs) Hoping nobody notices that. Yeah, I don't think she's going to comment on that. Maybe a shot of Athena, Tuka, and Zidal sitting on the highway, looking beat up as fuck, just trying to get back to the spire, maybe not talking. I feel like there's a shot of Athena, like she's gearing up to talk, and then it just evaporates, and she just slumps back down. This segment of the train is not very crowded. You three are seated in your own little section. Tuka's legs are up on the seat across from her, arms crossed, and her head is bowed, maybe bobbing a little bit, and she's slipping in and out of consciousness, but clearly very tired. Mm. Zidal sits a seat away, mostly hunched in on himself, not saying anything, but he has his arm across his lap. It's weird looking at Zidal and seeing him physically look different from exterior trauma, because you can tell that some of the metal in his physical form is a little warped from the fire. Hmm more of his blue circuitry poking through than you're used to. I wonder if in his fucked up arm the circuitry would just be out. Everywhere else it's a little bit more visible because Maybe of the, just shut it off. the fire that had melted things away. It's just disconnected. It's So it's like a weird hunk of dark metal and other objects. And for the I don't know if this has ever come up, but you can't use your shape metal like on on an arrow's body. Oh, I'm I gonna, figured not. I'm gonna rule that like the, the material of their body is distinct enough Probably has some kind of extra junk in it, yeah, some and, carbon fiber in there. And the, the science magic of the Cory-infused body protects it from being manipulated so easily. Another quick sequence of you guys trekking tiredly through the city, up the steps to the spire proper. Just inside the main entrance, we see Athena peels off to go see Roth. Zadal disappears to likely a maintenance wing, maybe even the quartermaster area where mm-hmm. Rex Dune is. Tuca just sort of stays in the lobby trying to think of what she's going to do or where she's going to go. Oh, I would like to state that at some point, since Athena made these little flowers, she would have given one of her little metal flowers to Rebexy. Oh, that's very nice. She she had a really hard day the other day doing all that directing while the city was on fucking fire. Yeah. And she said she's not very good with plants. So Athena thinks, well, she can't kill this one. (laughs) (laughs) That's really sweet. So we have a shot of Athena going over to Rebexi and maybe waiting her turn to speak with her, but then presenting her with a small metal flower. And Rebexi, who is the arrow administrative assistant here, light blue circuitry runs through her. Cord-like hair is bound back in ponytail. Two sets of eyes, one above the other. And she looks at you and brightens when she sees you. You haven't talked to Rebexi for a while. I think the last time she would have would have been before, like, episode 20. Yeah, it was a while back. It was a while back. But she remembers people who were nice to her. She says, I didn't know your name was Deirdre. I think that's a very pretty name. Oh, thank you. I don't love it. Mm. Looks at you and she's like, oh, why not? Yeah, yeah. It's not what my parents call me. And it's what my grandparents call me when I was uh, more in trouble. And just, I just don't love it. Oh, well, I think it's nice. Well, thank you. And then we see Athena walking away after chatting with her, and she says, Thank you! Athena waves. And she waves happily, too. Quick scene of Athena going into Roth's office, exchanging words from Roth. He sits statue-like in his large chair behind his overly large desk, 
and uh, probably just gets the basic information from you and then lets you see yourself out. She's looking at his trophy case or whatever the fuck was in there just so she doesn't have to look at more orange. We do have a possible physical ID on the kidnapper, so I'll be looking into that first thing tomorrow. Nod to that. I just don't want to tip him off by coming at him too soon, you know? Well, hard to come at him too soon if we don't even know who he is. Yeah. Keep looking. Will do. He goes back to his paperwork. As does she. The next day, Athena wanted to go back out, hitting the streets in some plain clothes, to start streetwising it up about the Misty Karnak and also Anji. Because she needs to find both of them, and she really doesn't want to ask Pavi about it. Then what we get from that cut-together series of scenes is that you have your conversation with Roth. Do you just basically tell him what happened? What information are you passing on to him? I don't feel the need to play out that whole conversation. Right. But... Uh, what she would pass on is that they were stranded out in the barge by an unseen assailant because it was very dark and it killed their lights. But they managed to salvage the barge to get back to shore. Maybe there's one one shot between the days where she goes home to the apartment and tries to find Pavi mm-hmm. and just goes over to her and hugs her, flops the cloak on the table. You were right. You are right about him. You are right about so just everything. No, I'm sorry. She probably starts crying because it's been a day. She's not very good mentally right now. Pavi hugs you, of course. And your relationship with Pavi since coming back has been... Tenuous. Um, what do you mean? Right about what? One of the things that I would like to do better overall as the person running this game is to not get quite as mired in every conversation. In a rehash? Yeah, I just I just don't want to spend too much time rehashing information, and I know that's happened a few times up to this point. So in an effort to keep it moving forward, what are you telling Pavi? She's telling Pavi all about Silas and okay. all about all about her day. Just gotcha. Minus her own color involvement is there's still audio and video surveillance. Sure. Pavi is literally tongue-in-cheek, but like digging at her gums with her tongue in thought, her arms crossed. She's leaning against one of the countertops in the kitchen, drumming fingers on her elbow, and her full yellow eyes narrowed in thought. I knew we couldn't trust him. Doesn't make me feel good to know that I was right about it, but at least we know. At least we know. And we gotta find that son of a bitch. Yeah. Squeeze him. Make him talk. I think that sounds very good. You know I'm here to help you if you need it. Otherwise, I will be happy to squeeze when it's needed. Oh, my bike, um, my bike sunk. Oh. She takes the keys out of her pocket and flops it into the dish. Mm. Maybe it's your imagination, but... As you throw them, there's the tiniest little squelch. Like soggy. <laughs> do, do you have a lanyard or? It's like a little braided leather-looking thing. Gotcha. Domba leather. Probably. Just squelches just a little bit. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> well, that is a big bummer. I'm sorry. Uh, probably shouldn't be in the air anyway. So many goddamn moths. Friendly moths, maybe. Yeah, maybe. But- to don't know. Uh, I, I don't know who to trust, obviously. You can trust me. Of course. She just shrugs. That's a fact. That's not, like, my opinion. Fair enough. Mm-hmm. Well, if you can get the parts together or you get a new one, I'll help you fit it out however you need to. 
broke right now. I think that might be on the back burner. Yeah. 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 Well, I will tentatively... I'm not going to let you borrow mine. No, you shouldn't. Not after that. You, you shouldn't. Can, you can requisition one from <laughs> the Spire. Oh, they might not even let me. Well, maybe not, but... But you know what? I bet Bolt got those replacement hoverboards. It's so, a whole new Athena. Yep. I'm just going to start skitching everywhere. Look at me go. And we cut away from the scene, slowly <laughs> panning away as Athena pantomimes riding a skateboard and grabbing onto the bumper of a non-existent car down here. Grab onto Pavi's Cory cycle. It's blasting you in the face with energy. That wouldn't be great. It would not. Be that, terrible would, that would be really bad. Very, very unfortunate. Can I give her fucking folia? <laughs> it's a good pull. Folia, which came up exactly one, one time, time as a throwaway comment in a conversation from Zadal about a sickness that oh, miners suffer yeah, the miners. from uh, inhaling dust in the mines. Yep. So the next day, so we're cutting to the next day, you're going to go out into the city and do some networking. Yes, not in her, not in her armor. <laughs> in her slightly battered and shot up by now leather jacket. Nice, nice. The red one. The red one. Nice. It would actually have a hole in it now because she got shot in the arm uh, during right. that one fight. So I think she's just, maybe it'll make her look tough. Gotcha. Tough on the waterfront. Networking is a mechanic in Savage Worlds. Basically, it amounts to pounding the pavement, looking for information, just going around and spending time talking to people to try to procure information. And it's meant to be a more general, abstracted system. So what I'll ask you here is, where are you going and how exactly are you trying to get this information? What are you asking people? What information are you giving them to go off of? And then I'll, based on your answer, determine what the role is going to be. I think she's going to some slightly seedier looking places on the waterfront, just seeing if anybody's noticed a, a Karnak fitting this description running around, maybe at the Shard. Okay. Probably closer to the illegal betting ring. Okay. But like maybe people who work in the kiosks in the main ring, you know? Mm -hmm. They people watch. That's what I did when I worked at that market. The two different methods for social networking are basically the nice way and the not so nice way. Nice being persuasion, you're, you're going up talking to people, maybe you're offering them bribes or gifts or something to that effect. The not so nice way being intimidation. Mm -hmm. You're threatening, you're overbearing, maybe you're even cracking skulls. You're like putting the screws to people. Both of those would have different effects, potential consequences, just depending on how you go about doing it. Right. So... From how you've described it, this sounds more like the nice way. Yeah. You're just going out and asking people. Goodness me. Oh I would my. love to use this adventure card. Okay, could you read it to us, please? It's dressed to kill. Fuck. Been hanging on this one for a while. It yeah. says, wow, you clean up nice, kid. Your hero dresses up, is on for the night, or otherwise far more attractive or charismatic than usual. Add plus four to your charisma for the duration of this current scene. Charisma is no longer a mechanic that's in use in the yes. suede edition however it used to be a statistic that was tracked on your character sheet and what it did was add a positive or negative modifier to persuade or intimidate depending on yeah. what your charisma was so i'm just going to treat that plus four. plus four okay so you get a plus four to these rolls because you are dressed to kill i suppose based on your super cool bullet hole ridden yeah. red leather jacket. But like maybe that gives her some street cred in this rough does. and tumble area at the shard, you okay. know. And you do also have the streetwise edge. I do. Right? All right. So I need some fucking info. Okay. Streetwise is specifically for stuff relating to criminal elements and the underground, but I think that that would 
be close enough to what we're doing right now that I'll let that apply. So you're, you're running at a plus six right now. And she is also looking for information on Anji. So maybe she's Anji, making yeah, some okay. pit stops. She knows that she used to work at the casino. Probably some kind of electronics person if she helped Pavi make an augment. So she's probably going to start at shadier little chop shops asking for a really good courier. She heard Anji is the best. Okay. She really needs this done soon. Okay. All right. So I think we get a string of cut together scenes of Athena walking through these different districts. The waterfront with waves out on the horizon. Maybe you stop a dock worker, a Karnak dock worker who's carrying something and we see gesticulating from far away. Let's handle the, the Karnak first, then. Sounds good to me. You go to the Shard, you're asking about the kiosks, you mosey around the illegal betting section, which does not have as much traffic as it did uh, a couple days ago. Well, Substantially good. less, in fact. Oh, I wonder why. Yeah. So I'm going to have these be two separate roles because you're looking for information about two different things. First one is going to be for the Karnak. Shit, man. Like, I shouldn't even have your role for this just based <laughs> on how many modifiers you've stacked on here and what you're doing, but... Just roll your persuasion with your plus six. Because you went to the right places. You, you, you gathered enough preemptive information to know where to go to look for this information, so. Fourteen. Dock worker points you towards the shard, and then you go to the shard and you're talking to one of the workers in a kiosk. Just There's a shot of her making a three-fingered hand, like a grabby out of her, you know what I mean? Yeah. To, like, demonstrate, <laughs> like, the like looking hands, for this guy. Gotcha. Bullshitting with him, like... We see you talking to a shorter Yara woman with spider-like legs poking out her back and her infrared vision eyes are open and they're pale blue. She's nodding and understanding with what you're asking and points off to one direction. What you find out from her is that the Karnak you're looking for is named Zeev. Zeev. And that Zeev used to work at the Shard in the visual special effects department. He was one of the people that would manipulate the images above the action happening in the shard as the mist projector. Goddamn. Yeah, it makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Well, she's gonna be asking more about Zeev. Yeah. And I, I mean... Has he been in? Sure. So, so just to extrapolate based on that, you find out that he has not been here for... Basically, he hasn't been working here since the first time you encountered him in the park, or the first time you and Tuca were attacked okay, in the park. Okay, so that was like a week. So he hasn't been here for maybe a couple of weeks, but he's like, people know who he is because he used to work here for a while, but they haven't really seen him lately. Well, that's more than she had. They probably tell you that he lived in the waterfront district, but I don't think anybody would know specifically where. In terms of general demeanor... The most prominent thing you find out is that Zeev really wanted to be an aspirant, but just never really had the chops for it. So mm -hmm. he ended up working here in the VFX special effects section. And that's really all anybody can tell you, just that he was, you know, nice enough, never really called attention to himself, maybe started getting into gambling or something like that. Well, if you can't aspirant, you might as well gamble. What about my investigations for Anji? So we see Athena going through a couple of different market districts in East City. And a lot of these are more like a traditional bazaar. You know, it's not physical shop fronts. Maybe there are just a couple of long streets with vendor kiosks set up, people hawking their wares, anything from general scrap miscellaneous parts that people might be able to use for other stuff to more specialized items and equipment. 
get a couple of shots of you standing in front of different shopkeepers, gesticulating, pointing, asking these questions. Let's see, for this one... This one, I think you're at a minus four, but you still get your plus six. So you're going to be the net plus two. Net plus two? Yeah. Okay. Five. Five, okay. This one is more of a chain of direction. You talk to one person who points you to another market, and then you go to that market and find another person who points you to a third market. And each of these markets is progressively smaller and less well-trodden. Nice. And then you finally find yourself in a really grungy, dirty-looking machine shop. There is a tall, burly Vellman standing behind the counter with a very dirty apron, black smudges all over it, thick, calloused hands. She's trying to shoot the shit, because she knows a little bit about that kind of stuff from just hanging out with Pavi. Sure. And I mean, so you've owned like, a bike and stuff too, yeah, so. That's a, that's a pretty solid tool set you got there, bud. And he delights in talking shop with you for a limited period of time. Maybe she makes something, a little custom job for him. Okay. Sees something broken on the counter, fixes it up for him. Very nice. I think he looks impressed when you do that. And eventually he has one of those moments where he rubs the back of his neck and he's worrying at his lip a little bit. And he's like, uh, all right, all right. Um, if you're looking for Anji. You can usually find her at Pivo. Pivo? Yeah, Pivo. It's a bar, but also a machine shop, and it's kind of a club. It Really, it's a hub. It's, uh... It sounds like it's whatever you need it to be. And he holds his hands out to his side and says, Yeah, it's uh, sort of like an information hub where a lot of the couriers go and either hang out or pick up jobs. You know, clientele knows they can go there, set up an appointment. It's just the place to be in the know. Always something happening, but people don't like it when he asks too many questions. I don't like answering questions generally, so I get it. (laughs) 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 Uh, We're friends now. uh... (laughs) What's this guy's name? (laughs) Burke. Burke. Were you just looking at a tree when you came up with that one? Burke. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Listen, you're not going to cause any trouble or anything, right? I wasn't planning on it. I just need a job done. All right, all right. When you get there, talk to the talk to the person at the front. It's probably Arbor. Arbor. It's really funny that you said that because I, I literally it. had that written down <laughs> as a. I didn't even remember that until I looked down like two seconds ago. That's. that's just... It's really funny, actually. <laughs> I shit you not. Like uh, it is. It is written down here in my notes. I had that name planned. I believe you. Talk to Arbor. They can probably help you. Oh, awesome. Thank you so much. You, uh, he makes a, a money gesture with his hand. You, uh, looking to buy, or? I might be. I just kind of crashed a bike. Well, it got crashed for me. It's a bit of a story. It sounds like it. No, if you, if you got any spare parts, that might be nice to have some set aside, but I don't really know when I'm gonna be more liquid, you know? He nods and sort of waves his hand and says, yeah, all right, all right. <laughs> I'll be back. Okay. She probably will be. All right. <laughs> <laughs> so, yes, very good. Good rolls, both. Thank you. I was saving that card. I didn't know for what. Mm-hmm. She just looked real cool. Real cool. Real cool. A little foxy, maybe. Mm. What's super foxy about her right now? She put a little bit of extra oomph into her eye makeup today. That's uh-huh. the only makeup she does. I think I might have mentioned that before. Maybe, yeah. But she just doesn't want people to know how tired she is, so she covers that up real good. That's fair. It's practical. Yeah. Pragmatic, even. Everybody got a mask? Sure. 
Athena has many, mm -hmm. many, many, many. This is the easiest one to put on sometimes. Yeah. Alrighty, so you got some info. Hell yeah. What would you like to do now? She would have wanted to talk to Roja about tentative plans to get the Prisme on the water the okay. following evening. Sure. So I think this is going to be a group effort. Okay. So maybe Tuka, Pavi, and Athena are all with Roja in her lab having okay. a chat. Sure. We cut too deep in the bowels of the spire, many floors down, away from prying eyes. We are in the lab of Naveen Roja, filled with greenery, plants, ferns, vines, fruits, vegetables, everything growing on basically every available surface. Is Iva there? Iva's not there, no. Wonder what that bitch is up to. Who can say? So you guys are all gathered in Roja's laboratory. So you guys all hold your breath going through the nasty smelling archway with the giant mushrooms. Emerge in there. Roja is here and you guys are already mid-conversation when we join you. So I think our top priority tonight is stealth, she says to the room with clasped hands. Tuka and Pavi are nodding emphatically and Roja's just like, yeah, of course. Of course. Of course. Yeah. <laughs> She looks over at Roja. I just need to talk through things sometimes. I didn't say anything. Your eyes did, but... <laughs> she rolls her eyes and says, what are they saying now? That I'm vexing and I will continue. She's a humored smile, but <laughs> waves a hand. So I'm thinking if we can sedate the Nakir well enough that the guards coming out just think it's dead, then I can take it. I, I mean, it didn't look that heavy. I can probably carry it on my shoulder and have us both be quite see-through as I jog out of here. But we're going to need a boat and we're going to need interference. So I think those roles are obvious because I don't think Pavi can drive a boat. Uh, Yeah, I mean, I can I can drive a boat. Uh, where You want me to go, what, steal one? We could just requisition one. Yeah, I guess we could do that. It sure. seems easier. I wonder what happened to that gondola. It's gone, Dola. <laughs> Athena makes a wagging finger gun at her. <laughs> Tuka has a clenched teeth smile, like like a little too big. Yeah, like knowing she did a bad goof, but Athena's leaning into it. Very pleased with bad <laughs> goofs. Pavi and Rusha sigh. Well, I can of course administer the sedative. That is not a problem. I can. I mm, carrying it out. Invisibly is, of course, an option, but I can always be present with you to just state that it is a cadaver. But then why would I be taking it onto a boat? I was thinking about the canal exits. It seems like a smart place to get going from. She nods to that. Pavi says, I mean, I can uh, I can certainly run interference. That'd be good. You just mean, like, walk in front of you and make sure that nobody gets yeah, in your way. and absolutely. Just yeah, I can do that. Cool. I'm great at shoving things. <laughs> I hope you get to shove so many people today. Does a couple of shadow shoves in the air in front of her. Just practicing. You gotta get limber. Yeah. Don't want to pull a muscle. Of course not. But yeah, that's the general plan. I would also suggest that maybe Pavi could run interference for the guards that are there when we go in to examine it, because if things get loud or messy, we don't want them to come running and no, interrupt us. That would be bad. Well, Pavi, you up for that? You think you got this handled? Why not? I mean, I just need to make a ruckus or something. <laughs> something. Her eyes go a little bit wider and she says, oh, I have an idea. I got my, the speaker thing. I can bring the speaker. Oh, and then... yes. That sounds like a lot of fun. Sounds good to me. So... So the plan then is to get this, well, I'm sorry, what was it called again? 
prisme? The prisme onto the boat and then take it out to the lighthouse? Thereabouts. I was thinking about maybe behind the lighthouse, you know, on the water, because I don't know how big this cloud of moths is going to be, but it probably won't be insubstantial. So we're going to need to cheese it after that. I just wanted to make sure I was clear on uh, what was going on. Oh, this is a good idea. But there's nothing we can do for this thing. Based on what I've seen and what you are saying, it it is potentially violent, self-harming, could harm others, could die on its own. Who's to say? We don't know anything about it. Really, the only way I might get more is an autopsy, which would not be ideal in this situation. We've already done plenty of those. I think the autopsy is going to look exactly the same as those other brains that changed. It is likely, based on what we have seen. I've been thinking about something, and I don't know if it's... I don't know if it's accurate, but I'm wondering if these are connected to Arrow in some way, right? Because, like, their color energy feels similar. I don't know. From Athena's perspective, all three of them, they have expressions of thought and curiosity that are all slightly different. And Roja puts a hand on her chin and she says, That could be. I, I know very little about the Arrow. I think most that's on purpose, I mean, right? Most do. They're, for the most part, self-regulating, at least internally with their culture. You could always try to speak with the council, the the Arrow Council, not the city council. I, I guess, but this is kind of a... I don't want to, you know, show a hand that I don't even know what all my cards mean. Yeah, um, we don't know who we can trust here, so I mean, what if they're behind everything? Wait, which they are you talking about? I'm talking about literally everyone. Yeah, well, I mean, that's kind of what I'm saying, but in this particular case, I was talking about the Arrow Council. Nobody really goes in. I mean, they don't have a seat on the actual council. They don't really talk to the public. It's all just sort of kept to themselves, so it's hard to know from the outside. I managed to weasel a little bit out of Zadal one time, but not much. I'm just, I'm just curious, you know? I'm so close to finding a place to put this stupid puzzle piece and it keeps being like the corner's fucked up and I can't. And uh, which piece is, which piece are you trying to put somewhere? She makes a vague gesture of holding many pieces in oh, her hands. Oh yeah. What'd you get out of it all? What'd he tell you? He he thinks what's in my brain felt, he thinks it, it felt familiar when he was in there and he could sense it. He could sense it straight away. Silas couldn't. But I felt it. I felt it, and Zidal felt it, but I think that's because it was in my brain. So it's hooked up, you know. I mean, I guess that could be. I don't know anything about brains or arrow or nothing. So I'm just going to be a good boat girl. (laughs) Wouldn't you know it, that is exactly what the evening calls for. She gives you a a thumbs up. One of her little talents. All right, well, I will go and procure us a boat from upstairs. I'll talk to, uh, I'll talk to Rex, I guess. Man, mm, he ain't gonna be happy. I'll oh, deal with it. It's fine. Oh. I got this. I got, I'll take care of this. Okay. Don't you focus on what you gotta do. I got, I can, I got this. Don't okay. Worry. Oh God, I still gotta go talk to Rex. I don't want to do that right now. That'll worsen your chances. Yeah, um, yeah, probably, yeah. Okay, break! <laughs> <laughs> she says, throwing her hand in the air. Tuka throws her hand in the air, and then Pavi does, like, very shortly after that, and then Roja does 
like with, a hand wave. She'll do it, but nice. it's not a lot of enthusiasm. So what are you going to do? Sending too good to get boat. Yes. Going to the Prismay's cell okay. is the goal. Alrighty. So Pavi and Roja will go towards the Prismay's cell with you. And this very similar to Roja's lab is in a further away wing that does not get a lot of use. It's just got a number of folding cells or pens to put people into. And from your last time, you recall that the Prismay was down a hall in a cell and the guards were further up the hall mm-hmm. and around a corner. So like a little checkpoint. Is Pavi toting her amazing speaker device? She's got a backpack on and the speaker's nestled in the backpack so you can't see it, but you know, it's not a soundproof backpack, so. <laughs> right. Pavi peels away from you guys and waits in the last stairwell going down. All right, Um. well, if you guys go ahead, I will give you maybe a minute and then I will create a distraction that will draw the guards this way and give you a little bit of time to go in and wrangle up the prismae. Shouldn't be that hard. Not at all. Go team. Roja shrugs and says, I don't think it's going to be terribly difficult as long as it isn't trying to, you know, fight us or right. something. No trouble. No worries. Pavi lets you and Roja head forward. Athena waits for a hot sec till they're far enough away from the stairwell and leans over to Roja a little bit and says, oh, I found where Anji is. There's a beat of silence. Oh. Mm-hmm. Little hub club chop shop courier meetup called Pivo. Her eyes narrow in concentration from as though she's like trying to remember what this is. And then she blinks again and sort of rolls her eyes and says, oh, yes, of course. You been there? I am familiar with the establishment. The way you say that makes it sound like it's not a very great establishment. Um, it's not that. Uh, I mean, it is a breeding ground for illicit contacts, so I have no true purpose for going there myself, but, well, they're not fond of me. What did you do? I met Angie there once. Oh, did you? It's not worth going into. Isn't it? No. Are you sure? Yes. Because if we go together, she's going to remember, and maybe if I was in the loop, that'd be cool. (laughs) Go ahead and just make her a straight-up persuade. You don't get your bonuses anymore. That's a different scene. Mm, That's a three. She'll find out later. I think that's mostly Roja's response. It truly is not important, and I will cover my face when I go in, and uh, hopefully they will pay me no mind. You can just get your mask. Yes, that's what I meant by cover my face. Sorry, I zoned out. I was already like a minute ahead. What color are her circuits? What, Angie? Yeah. Purple. God damn it. Why? How purple? Does she wear cool, cool biker leathers? Does that seem like her vibe? (laughs) Turn sideways (laughs) to you, Heston says. Yes, that sounds like Angie. Oh, we might have more to talk about, it seems. When did you see this? What are you talking about? Sadawa took me into the fucking glasses. What the glasses saw. Silas' stupid <laughs> glasses. And I saw her, maybe, probably her, just run around, couldn't see a face, just saw a quick little flash of purple, thought it might have been eyes, so that's why we went back for it. Arrow come in all sorts of shapes, sizes, and colors. It's It certainly could be her based on that description, but it just as easily might not be. But, like, if this... If this chick is involved with illicit courier work and the Oculus was fucking kidnapped not 20 minutes later, 
fucking around in the bubble doesn't seem like she's the kind of person that would be there otherwise, from the little I know. Rouge's brown knits, and she chews at her lip. Yes, that is a distinct possibility. So this meeting will be a meeting of peace, unless she wants otherwise. All she has to do is give us a reason. I really need her to get all your brains safe, so maybe we could be hostile after. Mm. Yes, I. that is prudent. I would prefer it if we did not need her help at all. Yeah, me too. One problem at a time. Yep. Let's go to the theater. The theater that we're about to perform, she says, waving her fingers in the air. Ah, yes, Half-heartedly. I see, see. yes. Of course. Mm Mm-hmm. And off we go. You round the bend, and up ahead is a small security checkpoint with two regulators there. It's just another two random regulators that you've, if you've seen them before, you don't really know anything about Mm -hmm. them. One of them is a taller Ori lady with a very close-cut, almost military-style haircut. Her eyes and hair are both deep amber. And she's got chiseled jawline, very strong features. And the other one is a comparatively short human man with almost a similar hair color. It's more of an auburn. And they're just standing there talking. Their weapons are nearby on a table, but they're not even holding them. They're just both leaning against opposite walls with arms folded, shooting the shit. They see you guys come and pick up their weapons, but it's very casual. And, I mean, you guys are wearing your regulator badges and stuff, I assume, so. Yeah, we're, uh, we're, we're in uniform now. The tall, ory woman with chiseled features holds up her hand and says, Halt! What do you want? We're here to see the prisoner? Excuse me, Bolt Bulig's prisoner. She quirks an eyebrow at you and looks at the manifest and says, Not on the list. I'm not on the list? She rolls her eyes and says, What's your name? Athena Sedaris. Oh, here you are. Okay. Thank you. She just sniffs at you and steps back. <laughs> Has anybody else been through here today? They both shake their heads and shrug. No, it's been, uh, it's been weirdly quiet. Hmm. Well, we'll go see about that. You do that. Can do. She leaves not suspiciously just she's got things to do she's a busy lady sure so you guys walk down the hallway and you get to the hannibal lecter-esque cell which is just a wall of glass that looks into a very basic room with a bed bolted into the wall there's a toilet there's i think a small table or a desk or something with a chair maybe everything that was here last time this time though all of the furniture in the room that is not the bed that has been bolted to the wall is piled up against the bed, all in a pile in the corner, and you do not see the the prisme anywhere. Gotcha. She's thinking it's behind the bed pile. It's a reasonable assumption. It's really all she got. She knocks on the glass. Hello? I, I came back. Like I said, I was gonna. Did I? I hope I did. Sorry about yesterday. Two There's... days ago. <laughs> Did you learn how to eat yet? She's just talking to see if it'll peak. As you ramble on, there's no sound, there's no motion, there's no indication that anything is going on here. Okay. And Roja just rumples her nose and looks sideways at you. Is this how it was the last time? No. I don't even see it. It was sitting in the middle of the room, and then I came in, and then it recognized me. Because Troy was thinking about me when he, you know, <clears throat> died. you can have a better for that that was fun Roja's eyes go to the ceiling and she just looks around the room itself 
Well, it doesn't look like it could be hiding anywhere else. I don't think it's, it can be invisible, but man, that'd be a shock, huh? That would be unfortunate. All right, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go in and check. Roja's throat convulses and then she opens her mouth and takes two dainty fingers and pulls a long spindly barb-like needle from the underside of her tongue and holds it up and you can see there's just, it's got like a drop of liquid coming out that she examines and then holds it between her fingers and says, well, I can sedate it whenever you're ready. Just gotta make sure uh, I give you a good shot. Of course. So in I go. She opens the door. Roja's gonna follow in behind you unless you like specifically stop her. She will shut the door and lock them in because she can just teleport them out if need be. You enter this room and I think now is about the time when from way back down the hall you hear this peal of super loud music. It's like grunge electric guitar line. She laughs under her breath a little bit like, oh, some things never change. And I don't know that this is music that Pavi would often listen to. That's her angry music. Yeah, that could probably be it. But yeah, that starts pumping from way down the hallway and maybe you hear a very faint, what the hell? All right, we got to move. They're going to figure that out pretty quick. When that music goes off, something stirs on the underside of the bed in that corner where everything's piled. Gotcha. If everything is metal on there, she just wants to gently lift it up and put it aside you know, it, very calmly. It, it, it probably is. I think that's fine. <laughs> that's fine. Just, it's just easier to sterilize. Yeah. The only thing that doesn't immediately lift up is the bed, which is bolted into the wall itself. Right. Like, you could probably still pull no, off No, she just wants way. to take the debris so it's easier to get to. Mm-hmm. So you move the debris away, and you can very easily see that this red-eyed Nakir is just bundled in a small ball as far into the corner as it can, covering its head with its arms. You can barely see the red poking out from behind it, but it is looking in your direction. Athena gets on the ground, her stomach's on the ground, and Mm -hmm. she has her arms crossed in front of her face and puts her chin on her wrists and just says, hey, how's it going? We're here to help talking in a very soothing tone. It sees you and it lets out like a <gasps> and tries to curl even further into the corner, but can't. All right, Roja, maybe now's the time on that one. It doesn't seem to like me very much today. And Roja will walk for it. She's going to try to cast Slumber. Season rank power, cost two power points, range is smarts, duration is an hour. Uh, anyone affected by Slumber must make a spirit roll at minus two if the caster got a raise. Those who fail fall asleep for the duration. Very loud noises or attempts to physically wake a sleeper by shaking them, for example, grant another spirit roll. Gotcha. Would you like to roll for Roja? Her psyology is a d8. That's a four. Four is a success, which means uh, this guy now needs to make a spirit roll not contested. Okay. He got a two, so he does fail that. Okay. Yes. Shockingly, he has a D4 spirit and is not a wild card. I'm not saying anything. (laughs) I just want to help this guy. Sure. Roja walks forward. From the way you've seen her apply her abilities before, she just shoots these darts out. It's like a propulsion system from under her tongue, but this one she's already pulled out. She flicks it through the air, and you watch it sink into the fleshy neck that is barely visible in the darkness, and it twitches once and then lets out another... Its form goes limp and slumps. Okay, we gotta, we gotta be quick. So we're gonna be quick. 
yes, I'm not going to touch it. You can touch it. No, I'll touch it. Can you get the door for me, please? Um, she goes over to grab the door and tugs on it. The door is locked. Did you lock this door? Why did you lock this door? It was an accident. I'll just teleport you out. It's fine. You like, you like static? Here you go. And she teleports her. <laughs> <laughs> See if it works. I didn't need to Benny that one, actually. That's a six. A success. A success! Uh, hey! I'm not gonna have Roja resist this, because I think that would be stupid, so... <laughs> Roja is in the middle of rounding on you and about to berate you with her finger. I've got it. Yeah. <laughs> I think she gives her a slap on the back, and then she just propels forward through the glass. <laughs> so we see Roja rounding on Athena to chastise her with her finger already up, and Athena just gives her a nice slap on the back, and Roja becomes green lightning that goes through the glass reforms on the other side, falls forward a step, and then goes, <gasps> turns back and looks <laughs> angrily through the glass at you, presses her mouth into a firm line, looks like she really wants to say something, but then just reaches over and unlocks the door with a loud, angry click, and then wrenches it open. Thank you. I'm gonna go get this dude now. <laughs> teamwork! <laughs> yes, teamwork. See, some people react better to it when they don't have time to think about it. I'm gonna go get him now. And she crawls under the bed and gently cradles this dude. Mm -hmm. She D6 strength. She could probably do that. Probably. Mouth probably falling open. Gross. Yeah, he's just lolling. His whole body is ragdolly. Meanwhile, you're doing this and Roja is standing in the open doorway with her arms crossed, talking at you. I was more upset. This is just indicative of how you don't think things through. You can teleport through a wall. Not everyone can. But I was going to take you with me. I wouldn't leave you in here. You're planning for what you can do, not for what others can do. Yeah. Thereby making them dependent upon you. I don't... For an out. I didn't mean to. I'm sorry. She I will... huffs a little bit and says, yes, it's fine. Let's I go. I will be better and quiet. We probably shouldn't take it out there until that sound stops, though. It probably doesn't go on for terribly long. Probably like 15 to 30 seconds in total, okay. and then it and then it ends. So at some point here, you definitely have heard it no longer coming. Gotcha. Okay. And if that is your signal, then you can proceed as you like. She talks low to Roja, like, how long is this uh how long does this last? Well, as long as it's not woken up, usually about an hour. That's gonna have to do. Gets drooling on her a bit. Roja has a smirk as she sees that. Athena just makes a gagging face and continues on her day. Roja shakes her head. All right, you are carrying this Nakir. Roja will walk out in front of you and you guys get back up there and the two guards are standing there looking very confused and gesticulating back and forth. See you come and say, oh, what, what are you doing? Well, it's dead, so we're taking it to get an autopsy. Didn't really want to do it in the cell, you know. Mm. Ha has anyone tried to show it how to eat in the time like I requested several days ago? Uh, good, well, I good. Mean... On we go. Farewell. And she leaves. <laughs> she walked past and the guy says, well, I mean, we can get reassigned now. We don't have to be here anymore. <laughs> She's just like, yeah, I guess that's right. She nods to yes, herself. They do not care at all. Good. <laughs> and they allow you to pass carrying this body let's talk for a moment about what standard procedure would be right after an autopsy what would they do with the bodies i just incinerate them i figured they would just send them to the incinerator right so athena would know if somebody sees you walking around the spire carrying this body normal procedures and stuff aside you're gonna get questioned if somebody sees you trying to leave the spire right right otherwise it's probably not gonna be 
too many questions asked. That's just the nature of regulation and how things are handled. Checks out. Where are you going from here? She just has to find Pavi, who's probably still in the stairwell. If that's where you guys agreed to meet up? Yeah. Yeah. They agreed to meet up in the stairwell and then just fucking cheese it. Pavi would have had to cheese it a little bit further back up just because there's there's only one way to come down here. Mm-hmm. So the guards reasonably would have been going up to try to figure <laughs> out what the hell was going on. Right. Which likely would have taken them like back up to the main area and so on and so forth. Traveling up, I think you do eventually rejoin Pavi, maybe in the first area where it opens back up into the rest of the spire proper. So there's a hallway there, and Pavi is lurking around a corner, just waiting to see you guys appear, and then comes up to rejoin you. Oh, I see you've uh, got the package. Yes, certainly have. We need to cuff him real quick, just in case. Real gently. Maybe I can't stuff something in his mouth, he might die. We just gotta be quiet, because he's a sleepy boy. We just gotta get him out of here. So your plan is to just carry him to, to the, the boat. To the boat, right? Yeah. Okay. Invisibly. Okay. When you say okay like that with that whimsical looking up and away kind of expression, I always get a little worried. Yeah. You are just caring or are you going for invisibility? Oh, invisible. Okay. Absolutely. Okay. The whole way. All right. So your invisibility. Duration's five. I'm going to need to spend some bennies at some point to get more power points to keep this going. Okay. But she can probably make it like uh, like a two to three minute walk, probably, with okay. both of them invisible. What are your power points at right now? 14. 14, okay. Because she only used the one. In Invisibility costs how much? Five, and unless you're... I get a raise. And then it's plus three, so I can target an additional person. So you'd be spending eight to cast it on you and the Nakir. Yes. It'll be two power points every time you have to re-up it because you're covering yourself and somebody else. It's one point for each person you renew it on. Is that so could I squeak like five minutes of this? Seems like it. Let me do some quick math. One, two, three. It'd be like four minutes if you don't fail at all. Okay, so you are going to cast Invisibility on yourself and the Nakir. You are going to continue carrying the Nakir. Mm-hmm. And then you, Pavi, and Roja are going to, I guess, take the elevator to the canal level. And then... Yeah. Okay. Okay. Go ahead and uh, roll for your Invisibility. Here we go. Six. Okay. A six is a success. <gasps> so... A success? Yeah, so she's got this dude in the crook of her one arm slightly flopped over her shoulder. So I think she shakes some dust off of her bracer <laughs> and hopes it starts swirling. And I think it does. I think she confirms. Can, can you see us? Are, 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 we, are we good? I do not see you. So I am I am going to walk with my buddy Roja. And she grabs Roja by the arm and pulls her up right next to her to make a wall. We are going to just walk to the elevator, and we're going to take that elevator down. Good. That sounds good. Yep. I love elevators. This is my favorite place to be. Let's go. Um, yeah. Alright. Kind of weird how you said that, but... It is kind of weird, isn't it? Here we go. We just get some very quick shots of Javi and Roja making a wall and walking at a pretty brisk pace to just make sure that nobody gets in front of them a POV shot from Athena walking behind them with some sort of film over the the lens of this image to show that she's invisible. I think it's glittery because of all the metal bits. Yeah, glittery bits. Maybe one or two occasions where they have to muscle somebody out of the way somewhat rudely. But you guys do make it to the elevator of this floor 
And at the moment, there is nobody waiting for the elevator. So Pavi is just jamming the button as quickly as possible, casting glances over her shoulder to see if anybody is coming or not. And she just mutters, how you doing? Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm really, really good. All right, good. After another moment, the elevator dings open and standing in the elevator is Bolt Bulig. Figures, he's so loud. <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> Ooh, all right. Alrighty. Um, I think Athena's one hand just grabs onto the back of Pavi's shirt. <laughs> <laughs> like a claw. So we get a, a POV shot from Bolt now and it's just Pavi and Roja, you know, eyes going wide, looking up at him. And he says, oh, hello. Hello, Wonderbolt. How are you today? Please come in. Oh, God. Athena's got her one hand on the ear that she can reach <laughs> and has the other one, like, pressed into her shoulder. All right. And oh, God. Um, he stands to one side in the elevator and waves a big hand, indicating there's plenty of room for everybody. And Pavi and Roja just have a moment where they look sideways at each other before Roja says, yes, we should certainly be on our way bravely takes the first step into the elevator athena squishes into a corner and closes her eyes and pretends she's not in a very cramped elevator right Hmm. now athena at this time as you find yourself in this very unfortunate situation it's very unfortunate this this elevator's real crowded isn't it and um man what's one of your major hindrances oh my major hindrance claustrophobia Oh, yeah. Ooh. Well, man, you are not only supporting a full human being's weight on your own body, With but drooling on her. there's a lot of people. The space here is cramped and confined. Bolt's really big. God, you see how much space he takes up? Too big. So I'm going to have to ask you to make a fear check here, please. So that is going to be a spirit roll. Given the dire nature of the circumstance and the fact that you're maintaining invisibility and all these other things, this is going to be to minus two. Oh, God. Okay. Here I go. Spirit minus two. That's a six, baby! We see your heart start to pound and your breathing quickens. How do you fight this off? This wave of fear that wants to take hold. She puts her head very gently on Pavi's shoulder for a second and just does some deep breaths and listens to Bolt talk about whatever Bolt's talking about and hoping this guy doesn't wake up. She's got a lot on her to-do list today. She can't be having a panic attack in an elevator again. That would be surely inconvenient. Today, especially. Today of all days? This day? Let's make some rolls to see if Bolt notices you. <sighs> Your invisibility gives you a minus four penalty? Yes. Is that it? Okay. All right, Bolt's notice. Bad. Oh, fuck. Seven. Oh. He got a seven minus four is three. <sighs> which is not <sighs> enough. Oh, my God. <sighs> oh, do I Benny this? He's a wild card. He is a wild card. But there's other stuff that I might want to bang later. <laughs> All right, I'm going to let that one ride for now. I'll let that stay just for his very first attempt at seeing. That was a close one. Oh, I was sweating. <laughs> <laughs> With his his D4 notice on his wild die, which blew up. Okay, yeah, he steps aside and Pavi, Roja, and you invisibly bundle in. And Pavi and Roja are very clearly standing on one side, but like away from the wall. So they're Mm -hmm. kind of in the middle of the elevator, which would be like a weird place to stand for any normal person. Right. And Bolt says, um, I have to admit, I'm a little surprised to see you two without Athena. Where's Sedaris anyway? I haven't seen her since the other day during the press conference. Oh, uh, well, you know, Athena, she's always on the move, getting, um, get, doing her job. Yep. 
leans over and presses the button for the canal level. Oh, um, yes, I suppose so. Oh, the canal. You go? Are you going for a walk? Is it lunchtime already? Yes, that is it. We are... Yes, we're going to the canal to look out at the water because it's it's so nice and no one goes down there. <laughs> she makes a motion on her back, like, cut it out. He's uh, going to want to come. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see if Roja is able to pick up on... Uh... This would just be smarts probably, right? Yeah, I think right? this is just a smarts roll. Roja got two threes. Oh, fuck. Would you like her to Benny this? Yes. <laughs> she got a four that time. Okay. One and a four. All right. Ooh. Roja stiffens a little bit at the touch, but maybe her posture indicates that she's now thinking a little bit harder. Oh, the canals. Yes, it is quite pretty. I, I wouldn't mind joining you, if that's the case. Oh, um, you know, I, I don't wish to be rude, but we do, we have a previous engagement that uh, we really must go to alone. She just pats her back and nods with wide, invisible eyes. Well, I suppose I understand. Good thing Sedaris isn't with you or else she'd try to make you go and do work or something. Am I right? <laughs> and I'm going to make a spirit roll to see if this guy wakes up. Oh, God. Oh, oh shit. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> okay. So he rolled a six, which is a success. Athena, you start to feel the body squirm a little bit, writhing in your arms. It doesn't do anything yet, but... What would you like to do? Oh what happens? God. Okay, so this is very bad. Okay. This is very, very bad. Uh -huh. While he's still laughing like that, mm -hmm. she leans over to Roja's ear and says, It's waking up. It's hand. It's on your shoulder. Just stab it. <laughs> I know it's weird. You gotta do it. So you like put its hand on. Yes. <laughs> Roja's eyes go wide as she's watching Bolt, who's maybe his head is thrown back and he's just laughing to himself in joy. And go ahead and roll for Roja. Five. Five is a success. Huh. He rolled a one, so he fails his spirit roll to... Uh. You just watch Roja standing stock still, looking at Bolt, waiting for a break. And then as soon as he looks up in one of his laughs, she just turns her head really fast to the side, <laughs> sticks it really quick, like a little barb comes out of her tongue and stabs into the invisible air and then goes back into her mouth. Then she's back, so it's just like... Whoop. Does it relax in her arms? Yeah, you, you feel it, it go limp again in your Ooh. arms. Oh, man. What a heist. And uh, he says, Oh, uh, no, uh, Sedaris is great. Uh, you know, would you two like to hear a very funny joke? Oh, God. I can assure you... I think she you, says that out loud. <laughs> <laughs> it's a real good... Hmm? You say, oh, God, as he's speaking, Bolt's brows furrow, and he looks around and he says, I, I could have swore I heard Sedaris. She freezes. Are you hiding her in your backpack? Looks like he's about to let out another peal of laughter. Pavi says, uh, yes, yes, I, I am. Pulls her backpack back around to produce the speaker. Oh, my God. Um, It's a new thing that I came up with and it takes a bit of calibrating so if I haven't done something in advance I can't make it work she she says like she says this at a a slightly louder than average volume um 
that's very interesting. You said that in a very strange way, but okay. Um, could you, since you've clearly done something here, could you show me? Mm-hmm. Yes, uh, as, as I just said, if I hadn't have programmed it to have Athena's voice, I wouldn't have been able to do this. Um, but since I definitely did that, I can do that. So let me show you how it works now. And she presses a button on it so it turns on and just holds it there and nothing happens. Athena understands and begins to speak. (laughs) Regulation, wow. Really beefed it. Oh, man. (laughs) She makes the radio static. Oh, my God. This is the dumbest thing she's ever done. You you get a Betty for that. And Bold is stooped over with an ear near it. Oh, that's very impressive. It sounds just like her. It needs to be like a little whinier. I feel like maybe the pitch is just a bit off. She says as the speaker, pitch calibration complete, Bolt. Uh, She's hoping that'll confuse him. Got a five. How did it know my name? Is this, did you build a robot? She's just desperately hoping to keep him engaged and quiet. You're certainly nearing your destination at yep, this point. Like the so. ele- just watching the elevator tick just closer so and slow. closer. You guys are like two floors away at this point, and Pavi just says, uh, I I can... It's very complicated. Very, com- very complicated. Yeah. And I don't want to bore you with the details. It doesn't always work. <laughs> she offers nothing else. <laughs> As you speak again, Pavi's eyes go wide, but then she, like, hefts the speaker with a winning smile. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, um, that's very impressive. Uh, very, very, very impressive. And I'm sure that I could understand it if you would take the time, but uh, I suppose you don't have the time since you need to get somewhere. So, about that joke I was going to tell you. Oh, no, did the doors open? Yeah, I think that's the point when the, the elevator dings and the doors slide open. She just knees Pavi in the ass a little bit like, go on, please. You do that, and Pavi lurches a step forward unexpectedly, is much, much closer to Bolt now, and now is just looking up, and he says, um, it's a bit forward. Um, maybe some other time. And then turns and walks out the elevator very briskly. Yeah, Athena's already outside. (laughs) She was, let me be very clear, the ass knee was to get out from behind her. Oh, I figured. Yeah. I I figured. Make me a stealth roll. Seven. Okay, well, he got a five, and I'm still imposing that penalty there. So, actually, I'll I'll spend his one Benny on this now. (laughs) Okay. He also got a seven, but he gets a minus four because of that, so. (sighs) (laughs) There's just, like, the briefest moment where you think he's seen you, but then you realize Bolt's eyes just sort of glaze over sometimes. That's true, he does. It just happens. Pavi is out the door right behind you, probably not realizing that, and then uh, Rosier makes her way out and says, Yes, Bolt, we'll we'll need to catch up with you at a different time, but enjoy your day. It was very nice seeing as the doors are closing and then they close before he can finish. Athena looks around to make sure nobody's around and just goes, whew. There's nobody right around the elevator. There are probably less than five people within 100 meters. There's nobody right around. She just whispers, way to go, team. That was very worrying. Yes, it was very worrying. Let's let's go. I I can't be seen through much longer. (laughs) We gotta go. All right. As you look about, you do see Tuka pulling up 
what kind of boats do you think they would have for requisition here? Probably like little one or two person speeders maybe so they can get to a place fast. They probably have slightly bigger ones for more people to transport, yeah. but maybe these are like scouty boats. Yeah, we haven't really talked about this much, but the spire is directly on the water and it's on these spider legs. So maybe there is just like a little docking area down here. The core of the spire does go down very deep underground oh, like, for through sure the water, but yeah. I think they're, you know, those archways in Venice kind of imagine the canal level exits would look like with the gotcha. big arches of stone or metal and I like just that. different little docks and stuff. Okay, I like that. I'm cool with that. It smells briny. She's glad to be out of that elevator. Yeah, and, it, and it's it's kind of like a dirty brine down here. Like this is an area, it doesn't get a lot of traffic, but I think the water flow and circulation isn't as good as it could be because it's now housing all these little watercraft. So this is just a dingy little harbor underneath the spire where all the boats can stay. But yeah, Tuka sees two of you standing there and pulls the boat up right next to a set of stone staircases that goes down into the canal itself, looks around surreptitiously and says, is Dana here? Yep, 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 I'm here, don't worry about it. Guys, you did great, I'm gonna roll. I don't want you guys gotta wake up, goodbye. Sorry right. I pushed you into bolt, I didn't mean to do that. It's, it's all right, I'll, uh, we'll figure it out. We can play around with that Athena box later. <laughs> <laughs> And, Could uh, be fun. Goodbye. There's a quick shot from the water level, seeing the boat dip down a little bit further as <laughs> the invisible passengers get in. Tuka immediately begins to steer you guys back away into the canals proper, which will lead out onto the waterfront. And at this point, I think you're you're definitely out of power points unless you're going to spend uh, bennies to get them back. So maybe as you're like, yeah, running, I'd like to spend one benny to just get us out of the main spire canal because okay. that's suspicious. Tuka will continue pushing you guys out that way. Pavi and Roja raise their hands in farewell to seemingly Tuka as she pulls away, and then they disappear around a corner as you guys fade from view. Motor on out there. Is this like a motorboat style, do you think? As opposed to like a gondola? Like you guys are going Oh, out yeah, the I water, figured so. it was not like a speedboat, but yeah. like speedboat adjacent. Sure. Like a less speedy boat. <laughs> yeah, and I, I think for the most part, regulator... They, they probably do have some bigger watercraft that they use when they rarely for need to go out. For bulk transport. For bulk transport, for getting out. There is occasionally crime out on the water. I mean, yeah. that's, that isn't immune to There's that. There's so much but water. But they're not as concerned with that. As long as it's not happening right near the city, they are just like, whatever. You know, we're regulators. We only have so much resources. We're going to focus on the city itself. So the one that you're in can certainly handle being out there, but it's not ideal for it either. Maybe also it's, you know, the only thing that Tuca was permitted to get, circumstances right. being what they are. When Athena finally drops her invisibility, and she's still holding this dude. She's not letting him go, because that might wake him up. She's just trying to keep it easy breezy. Yeah. She and, shimmers um, back into view. Did Rex give you any trouble? Tuka has a very far away look in her eyes as she says, I don't want to talk about it. Oh, no. It's going to be fine, probably. But, man, I really hope we get this boat back. Yeah, that's that's ideal, I think. I got the name. I you, got a name. You got what name? Karnak name. Oh, all right. He's a Z. He worked at the Shard. He did the the Mist FX, you know, for like the shows. Wanted to be an aspirant. Got a little mixed up with gambling. Probably how he met Troya, if I had to guess. Mm. Tuka's eyes narrow in thought as you say the name. And she shakes her head and she says, oh, Well, I don't know anybody by that name, but... At least we got a lead. I yeah. mean, we, we know a little bit more about him now. That's some. Guess he wanted to be an aspirant, but couldn't quite hack it, I guess. Mm. 
sucks. Well, there's plenty of them out there, I guess. Can't always get what we want. Hmm. All right, let's circle around the back of the lighthouse. I'm sure. I'm sure the moths will see us. We get a couple of shots of Tuca piloting the boat through the canals out of the city onto the waterfront proper, drifting further and further away from the multicolored beacon that is Caldonix, while the glowing lighthouse looms further in the distance, and you guys are in this inky black void in the middle with water lapping against the sides of the boats. You're far away from any of the walls, so it's just very... It's like a weird limbo, Mm. you know? But it's quiet, it's peaceful. Every now and then you see a shimmer of motion in the air around you, but nothing disturbs you, and nothing occurs to you as you're making your way out there. So heading out to the lighthouse, that's going to take probably about an hour. So you can get an hour worth of power points back just from a short rest, basically, you know, one hour. So you guys angle your way around the lighthouse. As a reminder, the lighthouse is on a small piece of land. It's like an island itself. The land of the island is mostly just stone, rock debris. It's just a sandy shore. Especially since it no longer has a shed. shed. Yeah, you commandeered slash cannibalized the shed to create a lip to cover the large crystal of the lighthouse during your fight with Harlan Troya at the end of season one. I stand by that decision. It was a really good decision. I liked it. It It's very creative. And it did a lot for you yeah, before you even up. knew about any consequences. So yep. that was it a just call. seemed like a, a very, <laughs> you know how bosses have a weak spot yeah. and it glows. Yeah, Harlan's weak spot was apparently himself in the end. In that poetic. Really, it was, it was, you know. Anyway. So yes, the lighthouse looms above you. There is no motion or activity on the island, probably due to the fact that you requested Roth reassign everybody that had been working out here. So just as quiet as it was the day before your big confrontation when you'd come out to do planning. So your plan is to just circle around the lighthouse? Yeah, the plan is get the lighthouse between them and the spire just to make herself feel better, but she wants to remain on the water. Okay. Because she's, I mean, if they go back and check the lighthouse for some reason, they're Mm -hmm. like, what's that bitch doing there? Sure. No, I think that makes perfect sense. Very good. So we'll just... Hang tight and hope moth, you know, moths have a lot of eyes. That's true. So you're just going to float in that vicinity until something happens? Yeah. Okay. Can you make me a notice at minus, let's say minus six? Hmm. Minus six? Minus six. Could I use my conviction? If you want to. To add, I only need two. I just need to. If you want to, that's up to you. I just, I like these really dunked on notice things. I always think they're so interesting. (laughs) Boom. You four. So cumulatively a four yes. with your minus six. Dang, okay. I do want to justify this conviction use with she's just really nervous being on the water. So I think she's being hyper vigilant. Sure. Because she almost got blasted yesterday and she's just got her head on a swivel, you know? Sure, I think that makes sense. You're sitting here for probably 15 or 20 minutes, and I assume you and Tuka have just been chit-chatting on and off the whole time, but maybe once you're here, it is much quieter, and about 15 or 20 minutes go by with nothing major happening. Eventually, you do feel as though you notice movement in the darkness above you. But more than that, something catches your eye in the water beneath you, Mm. and it's very faint and very fleeting for only a moment. It is green. God There's damn it. a flash of green somewhere down in the water. And I think that's within the first five minutes of you being here. And then maybe ten minutes after that, from a different spot in the water, you think you see a yellow flit. Huh. 
Huh, that's bad. Oh no. Um, but not long after that, you do notice shifting in the darkness above you, and very faintly the first pinpricks of orange light above you, a small flutter of wings, and there is a little cloud of moths that drift down, and they're flying through the air in a circular pattern. The default state of the Siku moth, it does have orange glow, but it's bioluminescence specifically on the wings on the back, and they each have unique patterns, so every moth looks a little bit different. It doesn't seem like there's any rhyme or reason to it, but when they're moving like this, it just looks like a weird orange tornado of these little individual motes that make up these rings. Like when you watch, if you ever took a sparkler and you spun it around really fast and you Mm -hmm. had like one of those long relief, it's kind of like that. And then you do hear Halarishi's voice come from these spiraling moths, it's faint. It sounds far away. You have brought the priest May. Of course. Said I would. Present them. She has it literally in her arms. The cloud of moths begins to break away and swarm down and just begins to cover this form from head to toe. And you watch as the moths arrange themselves along the body and their little proboscis jab down into the body and it starts to stir and I think at this point, when all of this is happening, it does wake up, but it's very groggy. <sighs> but once these moths have covered it and jammed their proboscis or whatever into the body, it begins to push itself up to stand upright in the boat. Also worth noting, when the form pushes itself to stand up, its eyes are still red. Mm-hmm. Like, it's conscious, and its eyes are open, and its eyes are red, but it's just covered with these moths. And it's looking down at itself, and there's definite panic and concern there but maybe it's just so tired and run down that it can't even do anything so right more of the moths fly down attach themselves to the arm and begin to try to flutter it away and carry it away into the darkness uh she's definitely wincing and i think she mutters i knew that's how you did that we figured that out science (laughs) science we did figure that out yeah The moths begin to fly this thing away into the darkness, and you see the orange lights on the form and the red eyes in the darkness until eventually they just disappear entirely. Mm -hmm. Uh, And it's very sudden. It's not a gradual thing. It disappears. And there is now a smaller cloud of moths that are still spiraling up there. Are are you okay? You, You took some licks. I am a hole, but there is a toll. This painful... Traumatic. Sorry. What you did was foolish. I kind of figured that out the second after I did it, so got there. The cloud is now gradually moving away from you, and the voice is a little farther away, and it says, I admire your spirit. My note burnt. She's shouting after it. Tell Isaac if he needs anything, I'm here. And it says, just before it disappears... He will be told. Salutes off her forehead. She's got nothing smart to say. (laughs) The moths disappear into the darkness, and it's just you and Tuca sitting in your boat. She sinks back into her seat, watching the cloud of moths go. Says, man, those moths must have been shredded. That was a guy. That was a whole guy. Shredded? What? Like, like, buff, like, ripped moths. Oh, Oh, yeah, like real real strong moths. Yeah, real, real strong moths. Sorry, that's something they say on the surface? You bring that back down here? Oh, maybe. I don't know. I've never heard that turn of phrase. Just 
absolutely shredded. Oh, shredded. I like that. I'm going to use that. Yeah, it's like ripped, you know? It's sure. ripped. It's so shredded. So, like, different ways of being torn. Yes, exactly. Gotcha. You could be also torn, I think. Is that another, that's another one? I think so. Dang. Well, now just uninventive. We, we, it'll be fine. It'll we, be fine. It's good. It'll yeah. be fine. Strong malls. Show. I just didn't think a moth would be able to do that, <laughs> quite frankly. Well, I mean, to be fair, it, won't, it was a lot of moths. It was a lot of moths. And, you know, maybe something weird going on because ain't exactly just a normal bunch of moths. I gotta say, hate their little noses. Hate that. Oh, they're just doing their best. Are they? I don't know. Damn. <laughs> I don't know any more than you do. A damn sight less most of the time, it seems. Yeah, about that. How are you you doing with all this? Because, you know, I've sort of known about most things for seven years, and I'm still a fucking disaster. And you've had about, what, two days? I mean... You good? That's sort of a loaded question. I mean, none of this really makes sense to me, Adina. I just... uh, It ain't the first time I've seen it before. It's the first time I've been able to put some words on it and make a little bit more sense, but, you know, I saw Laurent, Olivier's son. Yeah. And then some of the people tried to kill me, but I never were able to pin them down. So, I mean, we got attacked in the park by those yes, things. So did. It's all wild, but, man, plenty of times in my life things don't make sense, and, well, life don't stop just because you want it to. Life keeps going. And if you ain't ready, it kicks you when you're down. Yes, it does. So I'm going to try to stay on my feet. Smart. But, well, you're so spry. <laughs> well, thanks for helping me stay on my feet. Hey, no problem. While you guys are having this conversation, she is reorienting the boat, spinning it around, heading in an easterly direction. Okay. The lighthouse, I imagine, if we're looking out from Caldonix, most of the waterfront is a straight shot out, and the cavern walls widen more and more the further out it goes, and eventually bend out of view. The lighthouse is sitting out at the point where the cavern roof dips down more, and anywhere beyond the lighthouse is more like a narrow tunnel network that leads deeper into the mountain, while also on the water. So it's much more constricted. Tuca is taking you to the east, which is still in the cavern proper. The ceiling starts to go up more as you go out this way. The tunnel leading to the surface, where you had sent the mercenaries, is more to the west of the lighthouse, and just a little further into the more narrow tunnel network, you guys are heading the opposite direction. Where you were on the water yesterday with the barge was also to the east, but not nearly as far out. So yeah, she starts taking it off there, and she says... Yeah, I mean, they're good people. Most of them used to be part of the call and just didn't like the way things was changing. So just, you know, more of them moved out here over time. I'm pretty sure the city knows about them. They just keep to themselves and don't cause trouble. So it's one of them uh, live and let live. I know our city got some weird part of its militant, you know, and uh, I'll wear that highway. But for smaller stuff like this that's beneath their notice that ain't even in the city itself. It's not even a problem. Yeah. And I mean, they ain't causing problems, so... You know, I spent, like, seven years on the surface doing very outside-the-law things, so, like, I'm cool, man. (laughs) I know. I know. It's just not everybody gets it, and uh, some people just think it's weird they live out here, and I never know who's gonna cause problems, so it's more just I don't talk about it unless I gotta. 
I understand. Yeah. And she'll keep going like this. It's probably going to take another 20 to 30 minutes to get where you're going, but she guides the craft through the water around some bends and twists and turns. You round a final bend, and this little village comes into view. Hmm. It is a connected series of stilt houses, bridges, Ooh. and walkways nestled in a small cove and up against the cave walls. This little community of stuff built up on the water. And I didn't think about this until now, but it's very reminiscent of that village on the lake in Avatar. Like, that was all dirty okay. where they cleaned the river and shit. I was thinking of in Pokemon Ruby and Sapphire, there's that one town that's on the ocean and it's all stilts and stuff. It's an optional town. You don't even have to discover it, but uh, I was always kind of a special place. Very cool. At first glance, it looks very rickety and cobbled together, but I think as you get closer, you can tell that all the structures and supports appear to be thoroughly reinforced. There's buoyancy, so it does shift a little bit on the water. The smell of brine is ever-present here, and that's joined by the thick, dank scent of a cove with poor ventilation. Mm. The air is damper and warmer than the cool air on the open water. Not a lot of airflow, and you can feel the moisture gathering on your skin. Multicolored quarry crystals pulse and glow in the inky darkness, dotting the walls and rising high above you. Torches and other light sources are scattered amongst the structures and walkways, helping you see things a little bit better. And it's relatively quiet as you approach. The water's lapping against the side of your boat, and the gentle hum of the motor is louder than any kind of background static. Athena's just leaning forward, looking at this little hidden town, and she says, Tuka, this is amazing. Yeah, well, don't go telling all our friends. I'm not gonna, but this is, this is really cool. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's simple. It's nice. It's quiet. Mostly. I like it already. Tuka says, all right, uh, you might want to cover your eyes as we're getting closer. Because they're going to shine a light on us. But yeah, I'll close my eyes. No worries. I'll just be careful. And as she begins to pull closer, you notice there are dark shapes moving between those lights that are illuminating the walkways. And then a duo of very bright spotlights ignite, shining directly onto you guys in the boat, cutting she, through the darkness. She makes a very pinched face with just very scrunched, like, <laughs> didn't she'd been warned, but didn't fully expect how bright it would be. Nice. And a voice calls out into the darkness, Name yourself. Just gonna wait for Tuka's yeah. lead on that. Yeah, Tuka responds, It's Tuka. There's a little bit of murmuring and the spotlight dies away. Everything's a lot darker to you all of a sudden. Yeah, I think even. she's trying to blink all the little dots out of her eyes. Yeah. You look over to Tuka and she's doing the same thing, except there's a mechanical whirring around one of her eyes as her little uh. retinal scanner is going to. Tuka pulls up to a little area that is clearly meant for docking. Most everything here is probably sculpted from either stone or the wood from those special mushrooms. Tuka steps out of the boat and exchanges pleasantries with one of the guards, and she asks where someone named Cole is. The person she's talking to, they look a lot like Phil, like Phil Nutter, in mm -hmm. terms of being a bulbous, frog-like Karnak, but they're taller. They're like okay. an average height. Gotcha. With very thick arms, and he jams a thumb back deeper into the town. Tuka looks down to you and nods to come and join her. I hesitate to say skips after her like a puppy, but she's very excited. She loves the idea of a secret town. <laughs> <laughs> it's not very big. At the most, there's maybe a couple dozen people here. So it's more of a Riverwood, not a white run. Oh, for sure. Yeah, this is small scale. Probably built that way to help ensure that it stays more hidden. Yeah, makes um, sense. That same frog-like Karnak says, 
Tuka, you uh, you don't usually bring anybody here. And she says, oh, she, she all right. She my friend. She ain't gonna tell nobody. She just sheepishly waves. And he shrugs and says, better not. It's you and Cole. She just says, yeah, I know. She will lead you through the town and again, just over a series of these seemingly rickety bridges and walkways, but they feel pretty sturdy when you're walking on them. Mostly it's just housing. I mean, there's not, there aren't like fancy looking shops or big signs indicating anything else. It's just a lot of very similar looking structures that are nestled together. And then you get towards the back and there is a section that is just clearly on land. It's hard to tell if it was a natural outcropping or if it was formed from the stone itself, but there's a whole section that's just into the the stone of the cave wall. There is a Yara sitting in a chair outside one of the caves near the back who pushes themselves to their feet as you guys get closer. This Yara is unlike any that you have probably met before or seen before. It's a man. It's like a cross between salmon and orange, like salmon-orange hue to their skin. The four extra legs protruding from his back are long and smooth, very similar to Roja's. And upon closer inspection, they're very tentacular, like they have the suction cups and stuff like that. Okay. As you get closer to him, you can see the second set of Yara eyes, which are normally like infravision and glow, are larger and more bulbous and have a very dark staring center pupil with the rest of it being a dull yellow. The Yara's three-fingered hands, he has those, but you notice that only his thumb is a normal finger, and the other two fingers each appear to be like miniature tentacles as well. Huh, neat. He has sort of a kelp green crop of hair with a very short kelp green beard as well. Nice. And he raises his three-fingered hand and hello as Tuka appears. When its voice comes out, it's very low and faint and... I hesitate to use the word bubbly, but it's <laughs> it's sort of like a a wet grumble. Tuka, we gotta talk. Y- you get the feeling from that, and now that you're closer, he's older. He's got some definite creases in his face, and he glances over to you and then back to Tuka, and she says, "Oh, this this my friend Adina. She uh she good people. She's uh friends with you know the one I brought here." And he looks to you and narrows his eyes and says, uh, You was asking about you. Really? Yeah. What happened? Raises his eyebrows again at that and says, uh, Well, he ain't here no more. He gone now. Where? I don't know. He seemed okay at first. Then we kept that boy, guarded him like you said, Tuka. We thought you was gonna be back sooner. And she offers him an apologetic smile and has a guilty look. He seemed okay first, mostly, mostly he was unconscious. And then he started having, I don't know, fits or something. Mm-mm. He really wanted us to let him go, angry that we were keeping him here. Can't be too surprised about that, I guess. Well, he can get a little rowdy. I told him we was friends and we had to keep him here. I didn't like that, but he put up with it. And, uh, well, someone came calling and appeared out of nowhere. And he turns and points back to where he was. I was sitting in the cave with a boy, and we was talking. And this thing came down the tunnel, glowing orange, just moles, pile of moles. And I stood up. And challenged him, and he said, 
he was here for the boy and he could help, then it wasn't safe for the boy to stay or for us to keep him here. Tuka glances over to you. She's trying not to look shell-shocked because she already knows this is what happened, but hearing it firsthand is mm -hmm. tough. Told him we wasn't letting him go. Nah, Namal said some troubling things that he was in danger. The boy was too. That he could help and trouble was on its way. I still said no, because he looks to Tuka. You said he was a friend and someone was trying to hurt him. Well, that thing swarmed me. The moths, they just, they flew all, they flew apart. They covered me and I could, I could feel them. Mm. They prickled on my body. And then I couldn't move. And I, I was on the ground and I could, I could hear them talking. But I couldn't do anything. I'm sorry, Tuka. Sorry for all this trouble I've caused you. Tuka goes and gives him a hug, and he pats her back with his tentacle hand. We all gotta stick together and look out for one another. He was in trouble. This wouldn't be the first person who came and seeking sanctuary. They talked a minute, and the Maus told the boy that he could help him, but they had to leave. A few other things, something about parasite and taking him where he could have help, where he could learn more about who he was, what he was. I don't know. Didn't make a lot of sense to me. If you hear anybody talking about a parasite again, just know it's bad news and you should stay as far away as possible. He nods, raises a hand up to his face, indicating his eyes. Um, their boyfriend had uh, something wrong with his eyes. Were they red? Sometime, not always, seemed to come and go. Mm. He'd be all right most of the time, but every now and then he had one of these fits. What happened during them? Just... He shrugs. Riding around, you know, make noise, grunt, groan, maybe scream, and then it would pass. She's just cracking her knuckles audibly. She knows she can't help, but... When they was gone, the was left. Tuka, I, I always want to help you if I can, but I don't think we can do nothing like that anymore. Not again. Not if it's going to bring trouble down on everyone else. Uh, mis Mr. Cole? Turns slowly to you and says, Yes. I'm s I, I would like to take um, full responsibility on myself because I asked Tuka to hide him somewhere and get him safe so I'm, I'm very sorry for anything that you know happened here due to my actions we certainly don't want any trouble out here there ain't too many of us and we just trying to live our lives so I'm sorry your friend ain't here no more I ain't sorry we don't have trouble no more I understand. In the future, we might not be able to help in the same way, but nobody got hurt so far. I am looking for someone who's not my friend. Um? A Karnik named Zeev. You're looking for Zeev? Yeah. Why? Because he attacked me several times, and I need to know why. 
And I think he's a little mixed up, like my friend, maybe. So I'm just trying to help however I can. Well, and he stole our friend. You've never lived out here, the rest of us. But he knew where we were. He would come and go sometimes. Been a while since. As he's mid-sentence, he stops and looks off to one side. Rio, last time, last time he was here, he looked like your friend here with red eyes. He didn't look like that before, but it was the same. It wasn't all the time. He was a little bit different. He was always quieter, kept to himself uh, mostly, but he was argumentative, maybe a bit more demanding, abrasive, and he left when we didn't have what he wanted. What did he want? It wasn't so much what he wanted as who he wanted. He wanted help moving things about on the waterfront, and we told him we was just trying to get by, not wanting to do anything to draw too much attention. Did he give you any specifics? No, but if he wanted to move things and keep it quiet, probably something you can't get in the city, or maybe something they don't want you to have. And we got a couple of folks who might have done things in their past that they ain't as proud about, but they out here with us now, and they want to keep it that way. Hmm. Do you know where he lives? I got as far as the waterfront. I don't know very well, and I don't leave my home much anymore. He always had a bit of a chip on his shoulder, but he never really did much about it, neither. Is there anywhere you think I would be good off looking? I'm running out of options. He used to like going diving. He and those divers, they, they go deep. They can harvest plant life, other items, down on the floor where it's more difficult to bring them back. Medicinal uses or other. They would come here to trade. I don't know anyone he trafficked with, but maybe look into that. Ah, man, I just wish I could hold my breath longer. Cole gives you a bit of a smirk. <laughs> oh, we all got different things we good at. That's what I keep hearing. Uh, you come from the city, right? Yeah. Still wearing your regulator stuff? She has her armor on, but her badge is not out. Gotcha. His eyes flick down to your armor and says, Sure you can dig something up that might help you out. Be careful. You'll never know what you're gonna find under there. Yeah. You look into other divers, maybe you find something. I don't know how many friends he had. I guess we'll find out. I'd be wary of him if he comes back. He might be yellow this time. Might be red. Don't know. He nods in solemn agreement at first, and then as you extrapolate further, he gets a quizzical look on his face. Um, thank you. Mostly blue and green scales. 
I never met him. Oh, all right. She looks to Tuka. Anything you need here still? Anybody you need to check up on? She bites her lip but shakes her head. Says, I just want to make sure everything was okay after we found out that you know, Isaac was missing. And No, I just wanted to make sure Cole was okay. You know. You want to head out? Yeah, sure. You and Tuka are about to turn to leave, and Cole waves Tuka to keep going, and he says, You'll mind I'd like a moment with your friend here, Tuka. And she uh, flicks eyes between you and sort of cants her head at you to see if you're cool with that. Athena nods, but maybe a little slower than she normally would. All right, I'll, uh, I'll just head back and get the boat ready. Okay, I'll, I'll be right there, probably. Mm, just dig a moment. And he waits and Tuka turns and begins to walk away, her talon feet clacking on the, the stone and wood, casts a glance back over her shoulder one time as she's going, but then keeps moving. Young lady, it seemed like you involved in a messy bunch of business here. I don't think that'd be inaccurate. Well, I can't say I understand all of it, but your friend was worried about you, too. He said when they was walking out that he'd go and find you when he could, and you're probably gonna have a lot to talk about. Do you trust that young man? With my life. Mm-hmm. Trust is a funny thing, young lady. He puts one of his hands on your shoulder, and it's two of the little tentacles little that are wriggle there, just a little suctiony. He's shorter than you are, so he tugs you down just a little bit and leans in. And he says, mm-hmm. "Trust is not an unlimited currency. Be careful who you spend it on." Soon enough, you're going to find your pockets are empty. I'm a little light on currency as it is. He looks down. I was afraid of him during his fits. He's got a mighty fire in him. He's had a hard life. <laughs> Haven't we all? Young lady, don't take offense, but... I prefer it if you didn't come back here no more. I got a lot of folk to look out for. And if you were in the middle of some messy, we can't be caught in the middle. Not only do I understand, but I agree. But on the other side of that, if there is ever anything I can do to make up for this terrible inconvenience, please let me know, and I'll do my best to help. He gives you a soft but firm smile and nods. Tuka's, um, she's a good lady, but she spent her share of currency, too. I'm going to try and take care of her best I can. Best someone does. Be on your way, then. Have a good night, sir. You as well. Turns to walk back to the chair that he'd been sitting in and eases himself down. She turns, not like pointedly, but quickly on her heel and starts 
patting down the slightly swaying pathways. Feel maybe a little dizzier after that short little conversation. I think uh, as you're making your way back by yourself, it's not a terribly long walk, but this time more than on the way in, you notice that there are a number of townspeople who stop to watch you go and they're leaning over railings or they pause while they're carrying something past you and these are not friendly welcoming expressions. Roll me a notice, actually. Two. You're not sure if it's just you, but the expressions are neutral at best and hostile at worst. She gets that vibe and keeps her eyes locked on the ground, making sure she's seeing where she's stepping, not trying to make too much eye contact. Gotcha. Trying to respect the space. Sure. You make it back to the boat, and Tuka is sitting there waiting for you and perks up when she sees you crest over the edge of the dock. Everything okay? I'm not a welcome back. Her brow ridges furrow at that. But I can understand. I guess me too. Sort of weird for him to ask you, but not say it to me. Because he feels too bad for me or something. I think you're probably welcome back. Yeah. <laughs> he would have told me if I weren't, but... He seems like a pretty straight shooter. Tuka pushes the boat away from the docks, and she says, I shouldn't have brought him here. It was just... It was pretty close by, and it was out of the way, and I didn't think no one was going to find him here. We don't know that... Anyone did. Something did, but maybe not a someone. He got found, that's kind of the problem, and I put him in danger, and he's gone, and... I'm sorry, Athena. I just messed it all up. No, you didn't. I shouldn't have gone to talk to him. Especially once I knew that fucking Troya was his brother. But I kind of had to, because Troya was his brother. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I think you did the right thing. I mean, you saved him from the bulk of that blast. That was a, that was something. He's gotta know that. He was asking about me. And says we got a lot to, a lot to talk about. And he's gonna come and find me eventually, but... That's what you want, right? Yeah, but I'm scared. Looks like you and me, we just keep on, keep on running headfirst into walls. But Eventually, we'll just break right through one, though. That's what I was going to say. <laughs> I think she raises her hand for a weak high five. <laughs> Tuga just does a very lazy reel up and then slaps her hand forward and hits yours. And she begins orienting you back towards the mainland. And it's going to be 45 minutes to an hour back. Athena's got her feet up on the whatever passes for a dashboard. Chillin' for a second, nothing too dire happening. It's an uneventful trip back, relatively quiet, the occasional echoing noise through the cavern, but mostly it's just the hum of the motor, the splashing of the water, as you guys talk. How did you find them? Some of them I knew back from well, my Cassian days, so I just sort of learned from them that they was going out there, and that there were people living out on the waterfront, so... Stop by, pay a visit sometime. Friend of a friend. Just sort of an easy in, I guess. Yeah. Just try to let them be on their own. Stop by sometime, see if everything's alright. Make sure they're safe. That's good of you. She shrugs. Yeah, well, I try. Don't come around as much anymore just because... You don't want to bring trouble with you. Yeah. That's kind of why I haven't been visiting my parents quite as much. Hmm. 
We'll set things right. We'll get this all figured out. Things can go back to normal. At least a bit more, maybe. Breathe easy if I don't think somebody's waiting around every corner for me. I don't know if things are going to go back to normal. Like, things might change, but is it normal different now? Is it a new, a new kind of everyday? What was passing for Tuka's optimism is deflated by that, and she she sags a little bit and looks more tired and says, Yeah, you're probably right. I don't think that's a bad thing, though. We're, we're doing our best, and we're going to try and make things better. Right? Because apparently before stuff wasn't very good, we just didn't know about it. So now that we know about some of it, we can try and make it better? Maybe. I think it's just a matter of getting older, getting wiser, being able to look around and see the world for more what it really is. Things never was good as we think they are, or think they were, remember they were. You gotta look a little bit harder to find that silver lining. I think we helped one person today. That's pretty good. Well, who's that? The prisma? Shrugs. I guess, if it's a person, even. Maybe it has the capacity to become something. That's good, I think. Yeah, if it's true. We just feeding these things to this giant orange thing. It's been talking pretty nice, but we don't know anything about it. No. So now we're just going to give these things to it? That any better? Gathena deflates a little bit at that. She was using, like, a bike pump to inflate her optimism, and she just got punctured. <laughs> yeah, well, that's what happened to Dukas just shortly ago. She sees you deflate and says, It's like you said, right? We're just doing the best we can. We just don't know enough. Not for lack of trying. We look into these divers and find something else to go on, maybe. That seems like a tomorrow thing. It's pretty late. Bright and early. Man, I might not sleep tonight. I don't know. Uh, you better. Well, time permitting. <laughs> you guys are just going to motor your way back towards the spire. Tuka can drop you wherever you want within the canal system, and then she'll go to return the craft and depart. She'll ask to get out by one of the bridges above the spire so she can like walk back over like she was still hitting the, hitting the pavement, pounding it, as it were. Tuka will drop you off and say, Get some sleep! Maybe! She's still motoring around the corner. Are you doing? <laughs> Athena needs to go find Roja. See if she's in her lab. You had talked about meeting up later, so yes, I think you can easily go and find Roja in her lab, holding your breath as you enter. Always. Moist. Unless it's for a goof. And the inside is fragrant and fresh, if moist. And the air is very similar to the little ramshackle town out on the waterfront that you just were at, just in terms of its moisture and cloyingness. But it smells a little nicer, though. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, this is fresh. This is like clean, new air that's just mm -hmm. been created by these plants, and they're like... <laughs> 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 you want to breathe? Me too. <laughs> <laughs> yes, Roja will be working in her lab, and you can go in and talk to her. Roja, everything is... For once, okay. She's mixing two things in some vials as she swivels on her vine-like legs to see you descending the stairs into her lab. Arches a skeptical eyebrow slash second <laughs> glowing eye above her regular eye and says, Yes, I have heard that one before. 
Just wait for the other shoe to drop, I'm sure it will. Well, everything is okay in this moment. I have to take the moments as they come. So this one, it's been worse. That's a good thing. I'm glad for you. Glad for us. She deflates a little bit. <laughs> Fuck, sorry. Yes, no, I, I am involved. As you said, that is true. A victory for all. Yep. <laughs> she sets her things down, turns around to you. Well, I don't know about you, but my day has gone far too well overall. And I'm ready to <laughs> get into some trouble. Flat eyes for you. That should not be a goal. Well, you gotta space out the trouble, not to overwhelm yourself on any one day. Your goal should never be to cause trouble, Athena. I kind of meant more like it's probably gonna cause trouble for me. We need to go see Anji. Crosses her arms, and there's a there's a pinching of her expression, and her eyes are hard. Then yes, I would prepare for trouble in that case. It's kind of the vibe I got. Before we set out, what is our goal? What do you want from her? Our goal is to secure help and keep her away from Pavi. And what do you plan to offer for her help? I plan to offer her the comfort of knowing I'm not going to rat her out to my aunt. Because she's been looking, apparently. Has she? Said they can't find her. Couldn't find her. She caused all that trouble. They don't forget about that. That is true, but Anji is difficult to find if she doesn't wish to be found. Or if you do find her, you might not find her in the same place twice. Hmm. By all means, threaten away, but I don't know how seriously she will take that. Is she too cool for that? I don't know that cool is the word I would use. What Perhaps cool, cool in demeanor? I would say more that she rarely considers consequence, so she will not be concerned with something she is convinced she can get out of. What does she want? Rouge's demeanor is a bit more flippant than it usually is, so mm -hmm. her, her expressions, her gestures, everything's a little bit dialed up. More trite. Yeah, and she just roll, has big eyes and rolls them and says, If I knew what drove Anji, I'm sure that would have made things much easier. But she is a creature of... She just does whatever she wants. Whatever strikes her fancy in the moment. If you want to manipulate her, then have something she wants. Be interesting. <laughs> Make her want to be around you. Um. Which, frankly, should not be difficult. What? She holds a hand up in the air and she says, She's going to know who you are, Athena. Oh, shit. Yeah, because of my face. Because your face. Because you've been on the nose. Because Pavi talked to her about you. She's going to know who you are. Yeah. So... Realistically, this might not be difficult to get her to agree to something, but the difficulty is going to be getting rid of her when you don't want her around anymore, or when you don't want her involved. I mean, maybe I will be the next in the long line of folks that gets dropped like a sack of potatoes. Maybe if I just come across as dull and uninteresting. Well, you would be able to pull that off, I'm sure. I'm quite an accomplished actress. <laughs> oh, this is not going to end well, but... But maybe it will? Sure, yes, maybe it will. We uh, should get going, unless there's something else you want to do. No, we should go. Do you have a mask? Do you got anything, uh, like a, like a set of burner clothes? 
preferably cool looking. You're a very fashionable lady. She walks over to a long locker in the, the office and opens it up. It's just like a bunch of identical lab coats. God damn it. <laughs> but I think she does rummage around and pulls out some nondescript street clothes, you know, like longer jeans, a jacket. Athena also gets out of her armor because it still has a hole in it because she hasn't given to see Rex because she's scared. (laughs) (laughs) Roja is also able to produce a helmet. It's like a faceplate that goes around and covers her head, does not cover her hair. Mm. She jerks a thumb at her back where her vine-like legs are able to recede to a certain extent but not disappear entirely. This is really the best I'm going to be able to do. There's only so much I can do to disguise myself. Yeah, your braid's real big. Um... Yes, there's that. There's also, you know, my legs. Well, yeah, but, like, if you're standing in front of her, she won't see the legs. Oh, Angie's going to know it's me. Well. It's more getting into the establishment that I'm concerned about at this point. Well, let's go. Let's get on our way. Let's do it. (laughs) Let's just, let's just jump into this dumpster fire. How are you going to get there? probably just the highway. I assume Roja knows how to get there, so she would defer to her judgment, because she's never heard of this place before. She has the address, but... It's probably only, like, a dozen or so blocks from your apartment in that middle district of dining, entertainment, and shops and stuff. Nestled somewhere in there. As they're kicking it on the highway, Athena doesn't quite know what to say, because she hasn't been alone with Roja very much. And in general, she's had a very negative opinion of Athena until seemingly very recently, maybe the past day or two. Which has been waffling, depending on your demeanor. Just leans forward onto her knees, looking very approachable. So, Roja, what do you like to do? You like, uh, you like any music? You read any books? Roll me a notice at plus two. Six. Six, okay. When you say music, she's sitting there with her arms crossed, one leg over the other, just lazing like you are, but killing time, and also pretty silent, because she's like, I don't know what I'm saying. When you ask her what kind of music she likes, or if she likes music, I think she stiffens very briefly and looks over to you with slightly widened eyes, and then the expression clears a moment later, and she says, I, I do enjoy music, yes. Um, many kinds of music. I like uh, classical, and uh, the string instruments are nice. That's a suspicious way to start a sentence that what I thought was a pretty basic question. I don't know what you mean. Are you sure? <laughs> I just didn't expect you to be interested in music. Why? I don't know. I didn't get the impression that you were inclined in that manner. What kind of music do you like? This is a fun deflection that I've noticed. I'll talk about my music in a minute. (laughs) (laughs) She just has her cheek on one (laughs) fist and she's leaning forward, maybe swinging her leg a little bit. I've just told you. (laughs) (laughs) I've just told you that I enjoy classical and string instruments. But you said it real suspiciously. I was caught off guard and you are pressing me over nothing. What kind of music do you like? Well, I like a couple kinds of music. I don't really like stuff with lyrics that much because it's distracting when I'm trying to do other stuff. But I like stuff with a with a bass line, you know? She mimes a, a bass guitar, <laughs> but not well. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes, you like the tempo. Sometimes it's nicer than a melody. I don't know. Sure, I suppose you're into that. What's that supposed to mean? 
Oh, you don't like music with lyrics? Not all the time. Wait, what? I, it just, maybe you, uh, I, it's just I could understand lacking the subtlety to understand lyrics. That fits. No, I, I understand them. Sometimes they just make me sad. She pats you. Well, I'm very sorry to hear that. What kind of lyrics do you like? Not many lyrics in classical music, if I recall. Well, no, that's just a type of music I enjoy. I just, I think lyrics are impressive because they can convey so much. Okay. You're being weird about this. I'm just trying to get to know you a little better. In a very aggressive manner, which I suppose is also not a surprise. I'm just aggressively friendly. What can you do? Aggressive with everything you do. She rubs her eyes, pulls that. her glasses and just rubs her eyes a little bit. Not in everything. Sometimes I, I take walks. Can't walk Do you power walk? No, it's bad for my knees. It's something people keep telling so me. So you have tried, and you <laughs> did it so much that you were told to stop doing it. Well, <laughs> <laughs> I do a lot of stairs now. I have to conserve my energy. She shakes her head and stares off out the window as the cityscape floats by in colors of dark neon. She just kind of wiggles her foot back and forth <laughs> to the tempo. While you guys are sitting in this, I don't know if it's necessarily an awkward silence. You guys have spent some amount of time together at this point. But and she just didn't needle her about her musical tastes. Right. You still haven't spent a lot of time, like, just the two of you. Roja eventually says, how did you make your circlet? Oh. I, I might have, I don't remember if I asked you before. Uh, it might have come up that first time. I can't remember. Um... I uh, ate a lot of red meat over about a weekend and leached all that good iron from my blood. That That's really all I got. I just kind of made it on a hope that it would work. So, but how does... I? So I understand where you got the metal from. How does it protect your mind? That, that I don't oh, understand. Oh, jeez, I don't know. I just kind of... She taps her foot a little bit because she doesn't really know. I think I was just really scared for a long time about it. So it was easier to make a shield. Does that make sense? Probably doesn't. I'm sorry. She has a genuine smile and she says, Somehow that does not surprise me. I think maybe it's a willpower thing. Well, I know you links are only... For you, it's easy. You just need to... You just know how to do something, and you do it, right? Isn't that how it works? You just uh, feel it, and you can do it. Uh, kind of. Not always. Like, when I was learning how to do metal stuff, it's, it took a while, but I was really little, so I don't remember really how it kicked off, except my grandma showed me how. Hmm. Children are always more adaptable, malleable. They pick things up more easily. Languages, talents. It's garbage. <laughs> yes. It is difficult. <laughs> yeah. Her legs are crossed right now, mm -hmm. and one of them's just bobbing in the air as she's sitting there thinking. I would much prefer to create something similar for myself rather than allow Angie access to my mind in any way. Yeah. That's not great. I don't trust her, Athena. I don't think her motives are ever selfless. If we must have her help, we should use her and move on and discard it as soon as possible. That's, company, I mean. Sounds like a really good idea. 
I mean, from what I've gathered, her actions are just a pattern of disrespect. Her patterns are simply selfish. Well, there's that. She will be a good friend when it is convenient, and she will disappear when things are dire and you need her the most. Hmm, well. She will always put herself above others. Maybe I manufacture a situation to be a little more dire than it actually is to get her to cheese it. Would that, you think that would work? Well, maybe a little Athena is a bit more than she bargained for, because I generally am. For your first part of that suggestion, Roja opens her mouth and it's a familiar expression to you because it looks like she's about to tell you that that's a bad idea. (laughs) She's very familiar with that face. But then she stops and closes her mouth and considers it and says, crazier things have worked, I suppose. You can scare her off. Maybe. But I don't think it will be that easy for you. Hmm, maybe not, but got a lot of scary people at my disposal, you know, more or less. That is true. Anji's a thrill seeker, Athena. She's heard, she knows who you are. She's heard about you from Pavi. Oh, so maybe I just be real boring. You could try that, but I certainly don't believe she would buy that. As I said, she knows things about you. She spent a good deal of time around Pavi, so there's no telling how many stories they might have shared. Hmm. She's going to know if you're being disingenuous, and that's going to intrigue her more, because she's going to think you're hiding something. It's a secret to be uncovered. Oh, God. Oh, no. I got so many secrets, Roja. Yes, you see the dilemma now. It's a bad one. Yes, it is a bad one. Mm. For those of us, and she puts a hand on her chest, who want something normal, average, predictable, it would be quite enough to stay away, but mm-hmm. Anji does not think that way. My feelings aren't wounded. Don't worry. I know they wouldn't be. I'm a tough cookie. (laughs) (laughs) Rose is just like, I could use a cookie. I mean, we could probably find some on our way. I'd rather make them. Oh, you bake? Not as a hobby, but... As a necessity. (laughs) It is not difficult to do. It's (laughs) simply another form of science, you know. That's fair. It's probably why I'm not very good at it. She bobs her head. Science, art, I'm just uncultured. (laughs) Pavi told me once that you did sculptures. Well, yeah. You made sculptures with your ability to move and bend metal. That is true. And you don't think that's art? I mean, I guess. It's just kind of something to keep my hands busy so I don't think about stuff. Well, art is a happy byproduct of your coping mechanism. Maybe she'll give Rosha a little metal flower. She remembers. <laughs> <laughs> if. If. If is <laughs> If I'm going to attempt something similar, I must have a much more methodical approach, I'm afraid. It's a little bit more involved than desiring it and having the willpower to make it happen. Well, it was, you know, desire and will over a period of seven years, so it wasn't like a light switch. No, of course not. I'm just going to... She rubs at her chin, looking out the window. I'm just going to have to do some research, I suppose. Well, I've already done some, but more. I mean, would you need to talk to Psionic or anything? Would that help? Not Silas, um, obviously. No, Well, for not a Silas. bunch of reasons. Yes. Um, it might. Psiology uh, is based on physical principles. You know, it's, uh, it's an alteration to one's 
body makeup, the internal chemistry, the physiology itself. So it might be useful to speak to a psionic to think more about how they feel, but if they don't, if they can't explain it to me scientifically or how their brain works, then it might be difficult. Sadal did say it's more of an art, but he also said he thought that was pretty pretentious. Yeah, well, at least he had the forethought to label it as such. <laughs> For too long, you guys will reach the highway stop and Roja will point you down a couple of blocks. You guys will walk together. It's like evening now, right? She told Halarishi that they would meet on the water in the evening, couple hour round trip to get back to the city. Probably like dead of night. Not that that matters down here, but... Roja will guide you through the streets, a couple of twists and turns before she pulls you down one specific side street, and there's a sole building with a lone door in the middle of this alleyway, basically. There's no kind of signs outside or anything to indicate what is actually here, but she points to the metal door that is in the wall. This, this is the entrance. Um, Club Pivot or something. Pivo? Oh, is the T silent? I suppose that's how they pronounce it. I don't know. Maybe it's to it's make it sound. Pretentious. <laughs> yes. Uh, something that we might need to use as a little bit of leverage at some point that would be really cool if you kept to yourself. Apparently, she and Zadal also dated. As you were building up to that, she was inhaling to ask a question and then when you drop that she just kind of goes <coughs> caught by surprise you waited until now to tell me this it slipped my mind it hadn't it hadn't slipped her mind go ahead and roll me your uh, your lie probably gonna be a persuade this is gonna be contested oh shit <laughs> she got a seven <laughs> got a two as she says that, she's red in the face and looking a little sketchy. Roja's eyes widen and her jaw clenches and she takes a deep breath and you see her nostrils flare and her legs push out just a little bit. So she rises above you just a tiny bit and Where she says, you have a nasty habit of keeping secrets that you should share. I'm sorry. I didn't. I'm trying to keep secrets for people sometimes because they ask, but it's hard. Because I don't know what's relevant. She's sinking, like, into her chest. Her shoulders are up by her ears. And she's very flustered. One of her vine-like legs circles around to the front. And from the end of it, there is just this barbed thorn that comes out. And she pokes it at your chest Ow. like a, a sharp finger. It doesn't press into you, but no. it does that. <laughs> if you... I don't... You are... And she takes a moment and just... I believe you are foolish, but not stupid. You knew that this was important. You chose not to tell me until we were here. I just was trying to get to know you, and I thought you would be... I don't know. Sometimes you get really mad at me, and I don't have a good sense. And why would I be mad at you now? Would it be because I've told you how dangerous this individual is, and now we've found out that yet another one of our task force members is directly involved with her in some way? One more way for her to sink her grubby little hooks in. And we are already playing with fire, Athena. Why would you do this now? Because I was... Because I'm embarrassed about it. About what? Them. You're embarrassed that Zidol and Anji have some sort of sordid history. Why? Why does this matter to you? She's real quiet. Let's see if Roja can... 
figure this out. <laughs> what do you want the DC on this to be? Oh, how? she's very obvious about okay, well then, this kind of shit. Be a blow up with six and a six. Oh my god. R- Roja sees through you. Roja is in the middle of rounding on you again and stops and blinks, lowers herself back towards the ground a bit. She's pacing back and forth in a little circle. <sighs> she says. She pinches the bridge of her nose underneath her glasses, mutters to herself, this is so childish, Mm -mm. and then takes her hand away, pushes her glasses back up and says, let's just go inside. And she turns to walk towards the door. Athena was about to just stand there and take that because sounded fair. But then there was a little bit of maybe that maybe that was a little bit hypocritical. And she's going to grab her shoulder, not aggressively, just lightly and say, hey, Roja. That's some bullshit. That's some bullshit right there. You're such a way with words. She rounds on you, like looks at your hand first and then back at you, but dismissively. She takes it off. Why? Because earlier you wouldn't even tell me what happened with you two, which seems pretty fucking important if we're going in to see this bitch. Her jaw clenches and works a little bit. So it's got me wondering why so many secrets. Are you another person she wounded in the past? Is that how you found Pavi? I don't know literally anything. But I do know that was bullshit. Uh, roll persuade. Five. Five, okay. Roja glares at you with her verdant green eyes, jaw working. Her mouth is pinched much smaller than it normally is, and then she closes her eyes lowers her head down, takes a deep, calming breath, and then leans back against the wall of the alleyway. I suppose it was a bit. I didn't wish to elaborate because it's not something I'm proud of. Athena crosses her arms and is tapping her one foot, looking probably like her mom used to, you know? (laughs) Sure, When she was a bit more fiery. Roja runs her tongue across her teeth and thought, I came here to have words with Anji, and I lost my temper with her, and we got into a bit of an altercation, which resulted in them ejecting me and banning me from their establishment permanently. Hmm. So... This this establishment right here? Yes. Good. Peevil. Why'd you come? Because I don't think it's wise for you to speak to Anji by yourself. No, I should have said, why'd you go? Past tense. Because I didn't like the amount of influence that Anji had over Pavi. It was after they knew each other first. We met when Pavi was working in research and development, back in regulation at the Spire. I was working there at the same time, that's how we met. But we got to know one another, we were friends. A year went by, maybe two, I don't remember. And then Anji showed up out of nowhere. Of course, Pavi told me that they'd just run into one another, and... I wasn't going to interfere, because it seemed like it would be... You just run into someone from your past and you move on. It happens. But she doesn't. I didn't know for sure, but it became clear that Anji's intention was to re-establish communication in some way. I don't know really what she wanted, but Pavi wouldn't listen. Pavi was... Pavi. She was happy to know that... It was possible for people to come back. Oh, that's a big oof. She had been (laughs) abandoned twice up to that point. 
So when one of them came back, I think it helped her believe that maybe you could. Oh, god damn it. She just punts a glass bottle into a wall. Nothing happened, really, but I could tell that Pavi was on the verge of maybe drifting back into old habits or her old lifestyle. So yes, I came here, and I threatened her. And I followed through because she didn't believe me. And then I left, and so did Angie. So I thought maybe if I were here with you, it would be a reminder to Angie. But this time, Pavi did seek her out, I think. Yeah, I think she did. she going to be angry I came here? Oh, yes. Yeah. Oh, yes. Yeah, she will be. She's going to be angry at both of us. If that makes you feel any better. It doesn't. But at least we agree on this. Yeah, this chick's got to be garbage. But why, why do people keep getting sucked back into her, her orbit? Rosha rumples her nose and folds her arms angrily. Some people just have a way about them. Mm. You know this. Do I? I would assume that you've met someone charismatic. That you've met someone... What is the word? They just, they stick out. You look at them and you speak to them and they're different and you know they're different. And it's interesting because they're different. Hmm. I don't know. I, I never was enraptured with Anji the way others were. But we are very at odds. We're very different people. Not everyone is going to be enamored with everyone else. There are fundamental things that get in the way of that. But for Pavi and for others, Anji is a, a curiosity, if not an obsession, or just someone who flits in and out, who remains in your mind, on your thoughts. Hmm. I can't say. I don't, I don't know. I think for Pavi now, it's more the history than the person she actually is. She remembers what Anji meant to her during those times when she needed someone. <sighs> I, I love Pavi, and I trust her, but I trust she has good intentions. I trust that she believes in Anji's work, which I have no reason to doubt myself. It's simply a door that we might not be able to close. Imagine trying to push a door close against a tidal wave. One way or another. Well, Pavi doesn't have to know you were here. She knows. She knows me. She knows I would go looking, so... And she knows me. And she knows that if I knew about it, I wouldn't let you go alone. It doesn't matter. Athena, I came here knowing that Pavi would not like it. Because I believe that it is not only for Pavi's good, but for all of us. I just don't trust Anji. It's not that I don't trust anyone else. I don't trust Anji. I didn't tell us at all I was coming either. I don't think that came up. Do you believe you would be upset about this? Probably not. But... <laughs> shit, what do I know? Zidal... And she pauses to consider her words carefully. I like him, overall. But he does occasionally exhibit strange behaviors or mannerisms. What do you mean? He can be eccentric. I don't know why. Eccentric? We can't we all? Skittish, maybe. He kind of had a lot dumped on him in the past couple of weeks. I don't doubt it. I'm speaking of more than the past few weeks. In passing, 
I don't know him well, but I have seen him in the past. Regardless, I am not getting involved. No. <sighs> We're just gonna go in. We're gonna have a good, nice chat. It's gonna be amicable. So she doesn't destroy her friend's brains. To be clear, Athena, I don't believe that Angie would take this task and then murder a group of regulators. She's not stupid, but- But what if she does a shitty job and it doesn't work? That's as good as killing him. I suppose that is a concern. I don't know. She already did it to Bobby. Yeah, she did. I am not worried about her craftsmanship. She is good and talented at what she does. Ah, fucker. I guess let's go. Rosia will sigh and fall into step behind you. The final shot we have is Athena, followed by Rosia, taking the last steps up to reach the metal door embedded in the wall of this seemingly innocuous alleyway. Patterned brick in front of you, the cloying air of the night, about to enter the lair of a ghost that, for once, is not from your past. Knock, knock. Howdy, Pickle. Hello. End of another episode, another week. Indeed. Do you know who provided the music this week? Uh, I don't know yet, actually. Wow, I can, t- I can take a guess. What's but your guess? What's your guess? Is it Crockett and Wave Shaver? Crockett and Wave Shaver. <laughs> <laughs> I think maybe this week was just Crockett. I can't quite remember. But Wave Shaper always hanging around anyway. Yeah, give him props anyway. So, you can find Crockett's music at Crockett80s on Twitter and Crockett.bandcamp.com. And uh, where can we find Waveshaper? We can find Waveshaper on Twitter at Waveshaper underscore SWE and at Waveshaper1.bandcamp.com. Cool. Yeah. I would like to thank one very special patron, as has been customary for many episodes as is now. Cus- as is customary. Thank you, Michael. Thank you, Michael. We're loving these new prompts. Thank you. Yeah, you got some good ones coming in here, so. Very excited. Mm. There will be one after this. Delicious. Thunk. If you would like to suggest Patreon bonus scenes, that is available for the $10 and up tier, which can be found at patreon.com slash RPG for you and me. But no fresh. We're just having a good time. Yeah, thanks for being here and listening. Any support is always welcome, and we love hearing from you guys. But, but not mandatory. But not mandatory. Only your enjoyment is. <laughs> <laughs> if you're not enjoying it, get out. Which, I mean, you, you probably should you, if you, you already don't know. like it. Yeah, you already know that. But Man, if you that would be a far, bummer if it was they got this far, and this was the episode that This was that the broke episode them. that did it. I don't like your forward attitude. <laughs> oh, but thank you for listening. Speaking of other people to thank for what we're doing here. Oh, Pickle, do you mean uh, the Pinnacle Entertainment Group? I do. Creators of Savage Worlds? You're better the at The system segwaying. we use? <laughs> You're better at segwaying than <laughs> I am. Am I? <laughs> Sometimes. I don't know how. So usually you are. Yeah. yeah, you can find all their good, good products at peginc.com. Peginc.com. You can check out some of their other settings they got. They got like Deadlands. They got Rippers. They got 50 Fathoms. Peginc.com. I think maybe we should just go into that bonus scene now. I think we've done all our... Thank yous and whatnots and... And those whatnots. Yeah. But have a great week, you See guys. See you next week. Bye. We find Athena and Pavi down in the garage beneath their apartment. Naturally. The air is musty. 
Many workbenches abound with scraps of metals, maybe even bits of electronics, which are not as commonly found down here, and tons of Cory-adjacent paraphernalia. That smells a little ozone-y from the Cory exhaust. Mm, indeed it does. Man. Yes. <laughs> World building. <laughs> Pavi is hard at work on her hover cycle. She's on a creeper. Yeah. Which is that, uh, that rolly... The Rolly Boy. Okay, who you is lay it that down told on? us that it's called a creeper? Dave. This is Dave. Thank you, Dave. Second shout out. Second Love shout you, Dave. Pavi's yeah. <laughs> on a creeper. She has her uh, longer bag. Uh, what do you call it? Danglies? Hair danglies? Hair danglies. Her longer front hair danglies are bound back with the rest of her hair in a ponytail so that it doesn't drag on the dirty ground. Smart. But she herself has some dirt smudged on her face as she goes about working. Athena walks on in with a tray of snacks because she's a good friend. She's trying to be. <laughs> <laughs> she pushes herself out just a little bit to see that it's you. Oh, uh, what do you got there? Snacks. Hmm. What kind? We got pretzels and sandwiches. Mm. Thought well, it'd be, be nice. It's one of the only things I can't fuck up. <laughs> I think I could be persuaded to take a short break. I thought you were going to say you could be surprised that I could do a sandwich. <laughs> I've tasted your sandwiches before. It's hard to ruin a sandwich, I think. It's pretty hard. Yeah, you got two pieces of bread, and... and then you butter them. What? She shows her shoulder a little bit. <laughs> gotcha. Yeah, there, there was a there was a deer in headlights moment of shock <laughs> and confusion. Ugh. All right, you got me. <laughs> hey, what are you working on? Eyes the sandwiches suspiciously now. She sits up on the creeper, maybe pushes herself to her feet now, dusts her hands off. Oh, you know, just. Tune up, making sure everything's in working order. It is. Oh, good. Because I'm good at what I do. Naturally. Her bike is painted with black and yellow patterning. Like a yellow jacket. Yeah, it's sleek. Nice. More black than yellow. Is this a new paint job? That yellow looks shinier than it was before. Um, well, you know, I like to change things up. Spicy variety and all yeah, that. Keep it fresh. Mm-hmm. Gotta keep the image up. Your cool cat image. I, if if I leave it too long, then it becomes plain and recognizable. Part of being on a bike and having a helmet on and a mask is, you know, people don't really know who you are. So it's... Oh, trust me. I know. Yeah. I, <laughs> yes. You would, you would know. Yes. <laughs> she <clears throat> takes a big crunch of pretzel. Pobby opens her mouth, a little overlarged with the Nakir slits at the edge, opening a bit wider, and she just drops a sandwich in. Just drops a whole sandwich in? Cut in halves, maybe. A uh, half a sandwich. You know what? Athena would cut them into triangles. Okay, that's what Bobby wants. He just drops one in, says, mm, this is pretty good. Thank you. Buffs her nails. Pavi goes back and opens a panel on the rear of the vehicle and starts fiddling around with the wires inside. What you, what you doing? What's this do? Oh, what, you didn't keep up on your maintenance on the surface? Uh, well, when you have burner bikes, you don't really need to. Yeah. I remember some stuff. You know, a little bit. All right. That's fair. You guys don't have the good stuff up there anyway. Not really. Working on your nasty, what do they call it? Petrol? Yeah, just some gas. Mm, yes, gas. Says, well, this is where I, uh, I installed some boosters. Boosters? Yeah, it's like, um, you know, when you need it, you can... Put on that extra boost of speed. Oh, yes. It's more of a drain on the energy system, so you can't use it that often, but it's definitely coming to handy a few times. I bet. You ever have anything fun on one of your bikes, one of your burners? 
my one had a special feature where it spit oil in my face, but I don't think it was supposed to do that. A special feature? Yep. Mm. I didn't even have a mask on that time. Oh, how'd that taste? Bad. I can only imagine. Yes, that sounds awful. Could have been better. Breathing in a cloud full of dust from one of these, and she gestures off at one of the quarry shards off to one side. She coughs a little on reflex. <laughs> or having it injected into your bloodstream. I I stand by your your prowess. Ha! Yes, my prowess. I'm glad that worked out. Pavi? What? Was that not gonna work out? I I was just trying something, it worked. You were just you were just trying something in my bloodstream? I had reason to believe that it would work, and it did. That's my blood. I did it before. My it's blood. just, you know, it's not something I had refined at the time. She flicks one of her veins to see if it glows. Does not appear to. No reaction. She chomps her sandwich pretty big and walks around the front. Oh, this is new. Is this a docking station? A docking station? Yeah, for the new speaker thing. Oh, yeah, it's a port. You know, you can put other stuff on there, but I don't really have many attachments that go in the front there. What would go in the front besides, like, lights? Speaker system, broadcast system, transmitter, fog receiver. I, I guess if you wanted to create a fog machine, yes, you could mount that on the front. Although, I, f- I feel like I need to point out that it wouldn't be very effective if you were in motion. <laughs> no, it wouldn't be. It would more just be like a giant trail to find you. Okay, hear me out though. You land dramatically. You create your own fog. Sometimes it's about the presence. That's a workable idea. Or you could use Add it some to, lasers on it. You could do it to skywrite or something, maybe. Well, for you up top, it might not be as good down here, seeing as we don't have a sun. What? What if it glowed? Um... That'd, that'd be something. It would be. I'd... New business. She writes down on her hand with no pen. <laughs> Glowing skywriting. Well, as soon as you figure that out, you let me know and uh, we'll look into some possibilities. Excellent. Yeah, you can get stuff like sensors, pick up different sorts of readings or vision enhancements. If you have a, a heads up display on the bike itself. That's not a bad idea. I mean, it, it's, it could be handy. I find it a bit clunky. Well, your eyes are so sharp by themselves. You don't you don't need a heads-up display. She rolls them at you. <laughs> I don't have the thickest armor on this I could, but that's mostly because I want speed, but I get shot at enough times. I don't want to lose my bike. It doesn't really happen as much now. No? Oh, yeah. Because you're getting shot at on the reg? Not on the regular. It just, you know, it happens sometimes. And I'm not usually on my bike when I'm being a regulator. Well, there's that. Did you install any, like, little little smuggling compartments on this bad boy back in the day? I mean, there's always storage compartments, sure. She nods sagely. I suppose that could be something that someone would do, were they so inclined. Were you? I was inclined to not ask questions most Uh. of the time. She opens the, the little dash panel to see what she has in her glove box. There's just normal crap in there. <laughs> she, it's a chapstick. Yeah, she snaps it closed. She said, all right, listen, I was a courier, but I didn't really get into the smuggling end of things as much. I didn't want them exporting to the surface, taking our stuff. 
How dare they? How dare they? Sons of bitches. Yes. I did get some imported Domba meat one time, though. That was nice. She nods reluctantly. Well, you know, if I did inadvertently smuggle anything and it made its way to the surface, then I hope it was something that you were after. And I hope it was, you know, something you ordered. Tried to keep my nose pretty clean, you know, aside from all the crime. (sighs) She laughs and just gives you a light punch on your shoulder. Spins a, a wrench in her hand and holds it out to you and says, I'll let you work on it if you promise not to break anything. I can't promise that, but I'm very excited. All right, and she takes the wrench away. No! 